been lost! Where's the light? It just went away. Do what do I do? Help! We'll be stuck here forever. Do not panic. Do not panic. We are trained professionals. Now stay calm. We are going around the leaf. Around the leaf? I, I, I don't think we can do that. Oh, nonsense. This is nothing compared to the twig of 93. The whole system makes me feel... Insignificant. Excellent. You've made a real breakthrough. I have? Yes, Z. You are insignificant. Uh, okay, guys, come on. Let's go. Double feature. Double feature. Double feature. I'll say I'll, I'll say <laughs> I'll save it for a yeah, we what, whatever whatever takes podcast. Yeah, you need uh, like a hot corner or something. Page. Yeah, hot takes in the hot corner. That's right. <laughs> I'm wearing a fucking hoodie. Yeah. <laughs> I'm in the hot. I'm corner in the hot chair. Yeah. Let's get started because it's like seven. Welcome yeah. to Doubled Feature. Okay, the wow. podcast. <laughs> the podcast about twin films. I'm Dan. <laughs> I'm Max. We got Sam with us. We'll hey, introduce him in a minute. We're back in the stew. I'm back, I'm back in the stew. Everybody's back in the stew. COVID couldn't kill me. We're back in sunny Los Angeles, too, baby. The holidays are over. Fuck our families. Well, I love my family. I do, too. Okay, good. Saying we not have to. Nah, good save. Uh, we got our buddy Sam on. Hi, uh, Sam. Hey, know, everybody. How's it going? You know Sam from uh, designing our little picture. We say we, his name every week. <laughs> It's the only reason I listen to the podcast is just to, that <laughs> yeah. small bit of gratification at the end. Just like, ooh, they're gonna say it. I guess, yep. Ah, yeah. Hear, there it is. Hear Max doing like a script from memory. <laughs> just say the name in the same way every week. Pretty yeah. much, just, uh, skipped a minute sixty-seven and see if they say it yet. <laughs> Are they saying it yet? Yep. No, no. Sam, you actually listen to the pod. Most of our guests don't listen. I think, which is fine. They're just our friends. They can do whatever they want. <laughs> right. But you know the format. We want to find out what movies you like. Do you have certain movies or directors or actors or anything what kind of preferences do you have uh pretty much like anything nerd stuff like big time in the zeitgeist uh i feel yeah i know everybody's opinions on the marvel movies and they are definitely made for me okay yeah i I also i'm out of the two of us i'm the one that likes the marvel stuff right too so yeah i'm right there with you buddy yeah big time uh yeah cartoon boy uh yeah i wrote uh Wait, one of those. No, that's not for this part. Hold on. <laughs> uh, yeah, no. Um, yeah, when I was a kid, I've been collecting comic books ever since, you know, I was getting an allowance and I'd just ride my bike down to the uh, uh, general store or something, buy like a 75 cent comic. Because I am older than you guys. I used to yeah. buy comics when they were less than a dollar. Damn. Yeah. And uh, uh, yeah, I just feel like now is the time for me, you know, watching all of these movies. And yeah, it's uh, my yeah, time. It's now. great. Yeah. I, uh, I used to have a bunch of comics called um, The Warriors of Plasma. And I don't think anybody liked it or had heard of it. I think it was Dark Horse. And uh, they were just like slimy warriors fighting each other. That sounds about right. I mean, it could be. uh, I thought it was the coolest shit. I was on some hip shit when I was seven. I was like. Yeah, I don't actually like the Incredible Hulk. I like Warriors of Plasma. Yeah, there's actually a guy called Prime, uh, who was part of I think it was Malibu. Mal- uh, Marvel ended up buying him out, and he was just an eight year old kid. It was kind of like Shazam, except instead of lightning bolts turning him into a Superman, he like snot would just come out of his nose, and then he oh, would become cool. Superman. They made a cartoon of it in like the early '90s uh, when they were doing like Wildcats and all kinds of other crap. It was insane. I know Static Shock. 
Yeah. He was there as well. I Probably love, not there, I but love, he was I like, there. I like Static Shock. Yeah, I static love shot. Static Shock yeah. back in the day. That show was so good. Yeah, that was a Dwayne McDuffie joint. He was great. I was like, is this like something? Is this yeah. like from something? Or I did I didn't know what it was that I was seeing. I think I confused him with other characters from other stuff because I thought he was like from a comic book spun off or something. Yeah. And then found out oh like oh no, is this original IP, I guess? No, he was an actual comic book guy. Oh, is yeah. he a guy? Yeah. Okay. Well, like him and Icon Young DC bought that whole shit, I guess. Yeah, DC got them. Uh and they were like a whole bunch of uh uh, African-American, uh, uh, kind of like the African-American version of Image, which was, and they were like fantastic. You know, they had Icon and Rocket. And I had a bunch of those uh, issues. Um, uh, and Static kind of became like the, the breakout hit for that particular line. Uh, and I'm blanking on the actual imprint that that was. Uh, but yeah, right now, like uh, Icon is in. Riding the, around on a manhole cover, yeah. dude. I love that yeah, shit. Yeah, it's dope as hell. Yeah. I, uh, I looked up Warriors. It's Warriors of Plasm. Mm-hmm. Okay, there's not an A at the end. No A. And they look like they're just a... It's by Defiant. Okay, I don't know what that is. Uh, It's a comic book. They make... um, You may have heard of this. They make a series called Warriors of Plasm. (laughs) Yes. No, uh, I know that. (laughs) Their logo is like a a watchtower or something, like a castle tower. And uh, yeah, they look like a slimy green lantern. Mm -hmm. Like I think that's what it is. There's like a group of guys here... And then some ladies. Yeah. Uh, they would get really sexy and really violent and they're stuff. They're multicultural. I and they, it was cool. Yeah. One of them's even holding like some sort of like lantern thing. Mm. And uh, like Plasm is like written in sort of like an oozy font. Yeah. Um, yeah. I loved that shit. They're shoot. fighting some aliens or some shit. I don't mm-hmm. know. Yeah. I don't even remember who they would fight. Uh, looks I, like they're fighting I, I didn't some even remember aliens. the name exactly. Um, Sam. So. One singular favorite superhero. Can you do that on the spot? Yeah, Spider Man. Okay, it's Spider Man. Yeah. <laughs> favorite knew it. favorite Spider Man in film. Uh favorite Spider Man in film. Uh man. Uh, that's tough. I don't for, know. For, I mean, for me a, yeah, for me it's the only ones I've seen. Yeah. Uh Raimi or uh Spider Verse. Yeah. Easy. Spider, I mean, Spider Verse is great. I mean, yeah, that's so probably the so best. fucking good. Actually, yeah, I would say uh, uh, Jake Johnson as Peter B. Parker is probably the quintessential Spider-Man, just beaten down, like a lifetime of being beaten down and then yeah. having to raise the next generation of Spider-Man. I think it's nice. also it's long great. enough to talk about um, No Way Home, uh, some of the more spoiler stuff with that, which, Dan, you haven't seen, but uh, Sam, you and I talked about this after seeing it. Um, I really enjoyed the sort of I felt like they did a really good job of like redeeming the amazing Spider-Man characters in that movie. Yes, very much so. Because I think one, I think Andrew Garfield was really good as Peter Parker, even in those shitty movies. Mm-hmm. But they could have they did such a good job of uh, like redeeming uh, uh, the the electric Electro. Yeah. Jamie Foxx. Yeah. Jamie Foxx and Electro. Yeah. And uh, Andrew Garfield, I thought, got the single best, like single best moment, right? In all of No Way Home, yeah, he had a conclusion to his character arc that kind yeah. of, like, just petered out because they didn't make a third movie, so he got a nice bookend. It was great. I loved. I I like his weird, spazzy, like, yeah. very vocal Peter Parker. Yeah, I, th- I think that was really the only thing that was missing from the first you know, from Tobey Maguire Spider-Man was the humor. And even though he came off as kind of like, you know, dickish and shit. Um, can I swear on here? I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you listen to this podcast? Uh, yeah, I know. Um, 
uh, yeah, I think that was the main thing that was missing from Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man is that uh, humor is one of his most powerful weapons. Is like he's disarming in his yeah. wit and you know. And I think Andrew Garfield, out of the three live-action Spider-Man we've gotten, mm-hmm. has done that the best. Mm-hmm. And like a whole, like you're capturing that whole element of the character, um, even better than Tom Holland, who they do it some. Yeah. It's it's weird how I think since you're like so into Spider Man, maybe you can either agree or disagree with me that like all three iterations have some like they each have plucked weird different parts of like the Spider Man character and like maybe have never like really fully shown it like complete because like they're picking like different times like Andrew Garfield and Tony right. McGuire were like college age Peter Parker save for like the first Raimi where it's like he's at the end of his high school career. And now Tom Holland's like super young. So it's like, we've never really gotten like a full picture of, and they, how it's weird how they've all kind of picked it. It's like, yeah, we just each decided to pick one third of his Spider-Man's full personality. And that's what we're going to do. Like focus on here. But Tom Holland's probably the closest to being like the most complete. I think so. I think if they continue on the road that they're doing and they get another trilogy out of him where he's like in college or something, that's probably going to give us a nice window into what Spider-Man, like a good translation of Spider-Man from the printed page to a video. Because when you're thinking about comic books, you get 12 issues a year and, you know, we're, what, uh, four or five years into uh, uh, Tom Holland being Spider-Man. We've only seen him six times. So yeah. in that same amount of time in a written book, you would see him, you know, in a core title, you would still see him, you know, whatever six times 12 is and the, like nearly a hundred issues, 72 yeah, yeah. issues. Yeah. Um, right. Which, and that seems where like that franchise is moving towards mm-hmm. with how No Way Home leaves off with him going to be on his own and more closely to what I think people think of when they think of Spider-Man given right. the more mass media version that we've gotten before. Um I've just been on my phone over here. Yeah. Not not actually, but just mentally. I don't know what you guys are Yeah, you decided about. to drop and that's a hot, okay. hot yeah. take on us right before we started that you hate Tom Holland. Yeah. I think he stinks. He's one of the worst celebrities on the planet. He's one of the worst celebrities they've ever given us. Do you like a, do you want to a different movie that? that he's in, maybe? Is it just Spider-Man, or do you just not like Tom no, Holland? No, I haven't seen any of his you, Spider-Man movies. You didn't like that devil movie he was in, because there was no devils or whatever. Well, also that movie is bad, but yeah, the the devil all the time so yeah and man that movie was edited all fucked up it was a really bad movie he was fine enough in it but man that movie was a fucking you hate him because he's dating zendaya uh i don't i've had a conversation a a couple of different conversations recently about about how i don't get zendaya and like as a like um I I understand I that she's bugs light you got over there. Yeah, we're calling we're doing a bug episode. Hey, I, I I understand that she's a famous attractive woman, but she's not my type. So, um, I don't know. I don't really. I don't know what she's from. Can Can I tell you what she's from? What? Well, she's didn't doing Euphoria right now. Right. I mean, they're I on see, season you know, two. That's Euphoria. not her breakout, though. Is no. It? I don't know what her breakout only was. She was a Disney girl too. Maybe like as a Michi. Disney kid. Is she from Disney? I think so. I know she was Michi. Mm-hmm. Famously was Michi. Mm-hmm. Um, can I tell you something? Yeah, Dan, I'm right there with you, buddy. 
okay. I, 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 th- I thought you were going to tell me Zendaya. I'm not Zendaya's type, which is also correct. But well, yeah, probably because well, I'm taller than her. That's probably the only reason. Uh, Tom Holland. No, short, like I sucks. like Zendaya. Every time I see her in something, I like Zendaya. I also don't get the like. I'm not like there with the just like she like the like the wave of just like really we'll, being into. We'll Zendaya. have like aged out of the newest celebrities that come out being attracted to them because I'm just like slightly too old. So the new celebrities are too young for me, which is a good thing. I think that um, I prefer my celebrity crushes a little older. Um, Yeah. That Roger Moore treatment. (laughs) Stop being James Bond. Damn it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah, this is kind of my Roger Moore uh, slump phase right now. She did some, she did music. She's a musician. musician. She was in the movie music. And did some like TV episodes, and I, I had to assume she was doing music of some sort because she, I mean, she sang as Michi in uh, was that Smallfoot? Yeah, it Smallfoot. looks like she was in a spinoff of the show Good Luck Charlie, called Shake It Up. Was probably what her like. Oh no, Shake It Up already existed, and then she was in an episode of Good Luck Charlie after, like, as in like an appearance. So yeah, she did a show called Shake It Up. Was her like big break. We got to talk animation. It's a Disney though. thing. It's a Disney well, yeah, thing. Trans- right. yeah, translate to Disney. Yeah, yeah, yeah. right there. Exactly. Yeah. We got it. Segway. So we're, we are going to be talking today. We'll give you the synopsis uh, in a minute, but we're talking about two 1998 bug movies, both computer animated movies about one ant who doesn't behave like the rest of their colony. That's ants and a bug's life. Sam, you picked that movie. What uh, what made you gravitate yeah, towards these You picked two? both of the movies. Yeah, yeah, I picked one of the movies. You, great, you picked that movie and the other one. Yeah. Also. <laughs> Yeah, what uh, what made you gravitate gravitate uh, towards those? Holy yeah, shit. I'm a big Pixar head. Uh, when I was uh applying for colleges, uh, one of the things that I was doing was, uh, you know, you write your application essay, and I wrote mine on uh, Toy Story. Uh, pretty much just because I wanted to be a computer guy. I really like art. Um, if you've seen like the really, you've seen the logo for this podcast. Uh, you know, I hate looking at my own stuff, so hopefully other people like it. Yeah, whatever we like it. Yeah, doing art and graphic design that's something that I've always wanted to do. But you know, I've always been afraid of the starving artist uh, idea. So then I went uh, to school for uh, uh, computer science, and then I tried to combine those two things. You know, uh, uh, Toy Story, uh, Bugs Life. Toy Story 2, all these other movies started to come out. You know, I just named the first three movies that Pixar did, but whatever. They had a whole bunch more. Uh, going into uh, uh, college, I tried to, you know, make that into a career. And so far, I've got the computer stuff going, but not necessarily the animated stuff and, you know, working on it. But, uh, uh, yeah, I mean, it pays the bills. And I really, really do enjoy Pixar. Like yeah, an ass ton. Me yeah. too. Yeah. With with that being said, we love ranking stuff. Yeah. We want to rank each of us our top four between Disney and Pixar, both animated movies. Can can we do a top four, each of us for the two combined? Yeah. Yeah. Do, you, let's, okay. do, do we want to do the back and forth thing, or do we want to just say, Danny, want to do your I'll top go. four? Okay. I'll start it out, because I got mine ready to go. I'll just do it. Do it up. Number four. This is a ranked list. Number four. This is my toughest one, because... I have a pretty clear top three, personally, and then everything after that, there's so many that it could so easily be the fourth spot. But today, I'm feeling like Wally gets it. I love Wally, man. Um, I like that. Um, 
yeah, I don't know. It's just a cautionary tale about being too fat. Uh, while <laughs> Wally's really cute, I like when he goes, Eva. Um, he's crawling around. There's the roach. There's the part where he's holding on to the spaceship and he touches the stars and they move, and that doesn't really make sense to me, but I thought it looked really cool. Um, he's that powerful. Yeah, I love damn Wally, dude. I, I really hope he's doing well, whatever he's up to. Number three for me, Toy Story. Started it all. The first one? Doesn't, yes. Okay. I said Toy Story. I know what I meant. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe you forgot the number at the end. Um, yeah. It, I mean, everybody knows now that some of the visuals don't age that well, especially they when really you see the humans. Uh, we're going to get into that more about stuff that doesn't age that well in a couple of minutes. But uh, Toy Story, it's perfect. It came out perfect time for me. I was still into baby movies. Uh, loved it, and I still into baby it, cla- Was four years old. <laughs> per- perfectly, uh, perfectly grew up with Andy. That in that generation that grew up with Andy, it's great. Mm-hmm. No surprise here. Number two, Toy Story two. I think it's the best one. I'll leave it at that. I didn't forget that, that number. I didn't say Toy Story also, Max. By Toy the Story way, I, well. I'm talking about the second putting Toy, Toy Story, Story on movie. again. Number one. You've Toy heard Story me, three. You've, you've heard me talk twist. about it before. Yeah, that would be wild since I said Toy Story two is my yeah. favorite Toy Story. Uh, you've heard me talk about it before. It's Ratatouille. I'm a little fat kid uh, at heart and in body, and I love the food movie. That's it. That's my list. All right, I'll go. We'll let Sam wrap us up at the end. Love um, it. I'm gonna say number four. Oh, um, I picked no DreamWorks by the way. That yeah, was intentional. And, and <laughs> I, I, I think there's like ten. Uh, Pixar's that I like more than any DreamWorks probably. Uh, mine get like really kind of like uh, like jumbled. Like ones that you kind of like pass like the ones that I like love because like I just do like a lot of them. And DreamWorks like would all probably fall like somewhere in the middle. But I'm gonna say I'm gonna put number four. Uh, Kung Fu Panda. I really like Kung Fu Panda. Uh, Jack Black is still uh funny and good to me. Yeah. Um, I like Jack Black. Like I like him. Kung Fu Panda. I like the panda. I like the animals. Uh, Jackie Chan also does a voice, so that's cool. Who's the mean tiger in that? Do you know who does the it's voice? Angelina Jolie. Yeah. Oh, the the bad guy. The, yeah. Oh, yeah. that's oh. Uh, 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 God, the guy from um, uh, the dad from Hot Rod. I know he's from. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Ian McShane. Ian McShane. Ian that's McShane. it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, nice. I know he's in more famous things, but yeah. I know him as the dad from Hot Rod. Yeah. Uh, then number three, I'm going to say Toy Story 3. Because nice. um, all four of the Toy Stories are honestly like pretty, like really like close together for me. They're I great. Think they're all fucking phenomenal. Uh, like Dan said, I also got to grow up with Andy. So there's like a very, like perfectly got to grow up with Andy, which is wild. Um, So there's like this very nice little sort of arc of just watching the movies as they come out uh but i'm gonna give toy story 3 the edge because i think that is like around that ratatouille wally like the lat the later years of the aughts is when pixar was like we know how to fucking do this computer animate like they really like honed in exactly how to I, I like, make it work for, for them my fourth spot i was so close between wally and up for that, um, that four man well hey and guess what so buddy ones. ups my number two oh, okay cool sorry uh didn't, didn't mean to step on it no you're fine it's a good transition again like 
they had basically figured it out at this point. I think like cars and the Incredibles, they were still working out some like limitations of just the art form. And it was again, like Ratatouille, Wally up Toy Story three, where it's like, like go back and watch Toy Story three. I still think it like fully fucking holds up, up same thing where it's just like, everything is like so gorgeous. that opening sequence, man, of up. That's yeah. It destroys they, me. Every time. They figured out just the, the formula to destroy us which so many of their movies do yeah and i'm i'm watching up as uh you know a fucking 18 year old kid in high school trying to like keep my shit together like still thinking like oh you're like tough and cool because like high school boys particularly fucking suck and uh nah i just like there's no just like devastated and then they wrap it it's just like sad crying in the beginning and by the time it all comes around you're just like so fucking happy crying um up old man is an all-time character lovable yet prickly is one of my favorite character types and he is a perfect loving yet prickly yeah guy. man I, just yeah, Carl, Asner as a cartoon yeah i mean yeah. ed asner was nothing but cartoons in the <laughs> latter part of his life but uh but that was quintessential ed asner uh, mm. Number one, all the way, Finding Nemo, mm. like with a fucking bullet. It's one of my favorite movies of all time. I love the ocean. I love everything, the water, all of it. I think that I like when setting, they find Nemo. Yeah, it's great. Um, I think like that setting is does a lot of work again just like talking about like the art form in general of like hiding a lot of those limitations of 2003 computer animation where it's like everything can be so colorful and kind of cartoonish um while still being kind of truer to the actual life form where like you did it's like you go back like a bug's life or toy story where it's just like ooh woof but like the 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 vibrant nature of like sea life lets them hide a lot of that stuff i think and just it's 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 a beautiful movie it's a great movie um it's it's good it's great it's i love it i love finding nemo so much it's Sam? very good um i'm going to go with uh yeah so unfortunately i'm probably top four are just going to be straight pixar movies so apologies that's, to jack black and will ferrell as they're listening to this because you know megamind and kung fu panda are all-time greats but um as just uh, pieces of art and things that are wonderful stories. I think you can't miss with any Pixar film. Uh, so let's see. Number four, probably going to say uh, uh, I'm going to go with the Incredibles uh, just because I was hoping it made an appearance because yeah. I thought it was crazy. Honestly, that it missed both me and Max's list. And I know it's one of the most beloved. So I'm glad you got there. So yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, no, it's a very good movie. Uh, Michael Giacchino's uh, music is fantastic. The, uh, the ability to pull off a uh, uh, kind of like the 1960s retro future style feel Ooh, that they looks, have. That is like James Bond esque. Everything yeah, fucking is yeah. Edna mode. Yep. Sequence their cars, the Insane. way the, the furniture is all that kind of stuff. Uh, and the way that he hits the music in that it was like xylophones when, uh, dash is running along the water and realizes that he can run on water. Uh, all that's great. The ice of frozone as a, as a uh, technical thing, you know, watching it go out and build, uh, supports as it's going off is, uh, uh, just fantastic. And, uh, I mean, it, and it's hilarious. Uh, I believe it's a Brad bird film. Uh, so like the one right before he made Ratatouille for them. Yep. It's uh, Brad Bird. Yeah. Across the board. Yeah. So Brad Bird, all time great. Uh, Iron Giant. He's wonderful. 
Um, so yeah, that's number four. Number three, probably. Plus, plus I don't know if you guys remember this, but um, uh, Miss Incredible actually had a fat ass. She, uh, she had a. Donk. She did. Many people. Yeah. Uh, many people are talking about this. Yeah. Actually, mm-hmm. and they won't shut up about it. That's right. Yeah, I, just, I, I yeah but they won't quit. I was saying a wooga. Yeah, is a, is I mean, child that was sexual <laughs> awakening for a lot of people. Andy's mom and De- Toy Story. Dexter's mom was a yeah. big one for me. Also. Andy's mom yeah. and Toy Story got the donk, but it was Mrs. Incredible that really was like set the trend right because right. now it's like okay just moms and pixar movies just got dump trucks yeah and just, yeah serving it up on a platter just yeah. slice it up hot yeah <laughs> what's uh, number three so, yeah, number sorry three. to get horny real yeah quick. no that's yeah. right go, yeah. go for three uh number three i'm gonna go with toy story three just because it was like a uh uh the rare third film in a series even though number four was great uh but yeah rare third film that stands up and holds its own against the original two um and it's a you know a passing of the torch uh, lots of uh, hugging stuff or whatever his name is. Uh, very good bad guy. Yeah. Um, Ken uh, Michael Keaton as Ken uh, Barbie and Ken. Wonderful. Great. Uh, they Anytime let... Michael Keaton shows up, yeah. man, I'm having a good time. I, I lo- do I love, love some Michael see... Keaton. He loves to show up for small roles in things, too, yeah. especially like late and like out of billing. It's a thing that um, Ben Affleck's been. I fucking did it again <laughs> matt damon does <laughs> all the time he shows up at the end of a movie i mean if yeah. you, if he's you not in ben affleck yeah that's right he's uh, not in like the marketing or anything he shows up late it's the thing michael keaton had done so much i feel like and i love i love it every yeah. fucking time oh uh, so good uh and if you watch um if you're big into animation some of the uh uh just the dance moves that spanish buzz Lightyear does are fantastic uh watch some of the behind the scenes of some of the animators that were just like watching flamenco dancers and what they would do to try to get, uh, how to just make somebody walk as a, a Spanish dancer. You know, how do you, how do you animate somebody and make them appear Spanish without voice kind of a thing. And that's uh, one of the thing, one of the things I think that Pixar is very good at is they got just the talent behind the scenes that make you, know that you're seeing something that you don't really, you know, you, you're not cognizant of the fact that you're watching somebody who is, you know, a Spanish person. And now he's just dancing flamenco and talking, uh, uh, you know, confessing his love to Jesse in a, in Spanish, which is, is wonderful. Um, so yeah, that's number three. Uh, number two, I'm going to go with up, uh, just because fantastic movie again, Michael Chichino's, uh, uh, music is, uh, the score is stellar. Um, uh, the bird, uh, Kevin is a girl is wonderful. Love that so much. Doug is wonderful. The whole dogs are great. Uh, yeah, the whole thing is great. Ed Asner just friggin' owns everything all the time. Uh, yeah, super duper great. Um, and I'm probably going to go, this is a dark horse number one and I'm going to surprise a lot Love of people it. probably get a lot of haters for Love this, it. but I'm going to go monsters university as number one. Wow. Yeah. I'm okay. so, I'm so glad yeah. that some, like something a little bit later on because they're, Pixar has continued to just be like fucking insane. I think my favorite of like their more recent ones, and I haven't seen Luca is the only mine's Luca. Yeah. My, my favorite of the um, recents is Luca yeah. almost made my four spot, but uh, Coco is so good. Coco is very like, good. Kind of bummed that nobody, none of us had like said anything. Um, Coco is one of like three Pixar movies. I haven't seen. I, I, I got it. It's super good. The music's I've heard, I've heard amazing. It's so good. I got to yeah, see it. The visuals it. are great. Yeah. Um, I was just telling you guys before we started recording, I did not care for Onward much, mm-hmm. um, but that and maybe like Cars, which just doesn't like vibe with me either. Yeah, is Cars, just, yeah, like, whatever. Cars, yeah. but I think Cars is like one of the rare things where like the first one comes out and it's like you can kind of tell that 
at least for me, like Cars 2 and Cars 3 are definitely like the Disney machine pushing merchandising. Yeah. Where it's because huge, huge financial success, but it's not something that people talk about as like great movies. Right. Usually, because yeah. it's fine. It, like you take your kids to see it and it's Pixar and they just fucking kill it with everything. And then Disney is saying, well, you got to make more of these because we can sell cars. We can sell mm-hmm. toys of all of this shit, which it's a little bit harder with some of the other stuff, even though like all Pixar movies are like, you can't really like what toy of Coco are you selling? Right? Like Coco's not getting a Coco two and three because you can sell fucking Coco toys. Get that little goofy dog. Yeah. yeah. It's, but yeah, that um, is weird for a company that big that they still design movies that aren't, toyetic like yeah yeah like you're not making luca toys you're not making soul toys but i mean i'm sure there's a couple but yeah it's not like a huge um, toy thing tell us more uh monsters university yeah monsters university so there is a big trope uh within animation uh that took hold after dumbo called the magic feather where um if you you know there's the whole uh terry pratchett kind of idea that um uh, that it flies in the face of. It's like, if you're, you know, you go out and you wish on your star and you really hope that you're doing your best, you're still going to go out and get your ass kicked by somebody who woke up early in the morning and did the work. Uh, animation, ever since kind of like Dumbo, had this mentality that like, as long as kids want it and they believe in themselves, you know, they're going to they're gonna get this, uh, you know, all good things are going to happen. Uh, you know, that's how Dumbo learned to fly. He held on to this magic feather. That's kind of been going on since like the, the 60s or 70s. I can't remember when Dumbo came out. Uh, one of the things that flew in the face of that recently is uh, Monsters University, where Mike uh, Mike Wazowski is the guy who wants to be the top scarer. He knows everything in, out, backwards, forwards about how to scare people. What's He knows the names of all the different techniques. He's got the uh, baseball cards. And Sully is just this genetic powerhouse. Like, he's just the scariest guy around. But since he knows that he's scary, he doesn't have to try as much. So that's, it inverts the whole, uh, uh, you might want it, you might, you know, think you might know in and out the the entirety of the game, but unfortunately, if you're not genetically gifted, you ain't going to be in the NFL on Sundays, guys. Uh, that's what Monsters University does is it says, uh, it's okay to be, uh, you don't have to be the star. You can be the coach. You can be the guy that's helping the other person that's going to achieve. You know, that's what he ends up being. He helps Sully become the top scarer. And that's something that, you know, kids need to learn. That's something that uh, kind of hasn't been told in a movie for a very, very long time, especially in a kid's movie. It was like, you might want it as much, but honestly, God, if you didn't hit that genetic lottery, you're not going to get it. Kind of a thing. Hmm. And that's why I like, I like it. it. I, it's a very good message, I think. Interesting, yeah, interesting take that I haven't thought about because I'm not as big into animation as you are. But I love, <laughs> I love it. That's why we should have guests. Yeah, is people to come in with stuff that I haven't thought about. Yeah. I love it. Right on. Um, I do want to give like a shout out because it, it, like, I feel like it. If you're not familiar with it, and I don't know if like you're listening to this podcast, one like you're a friend of ours, and I know a lot of our friends are into a lot of the same stuff that we're into but um i mean four movies out of i mean combined is like 30 something fucking films which is like that's that's pretty reductive like dreamworks did do obviously like shrek which like meme after meme after meme whatever fucking shrek one is honestly a powerhouse of an animation film another movie that looks like shit now but also yeah it does not hold up uh shrek 2 uh i forget exactly like is there like a subtitle for it or something like that no it's just shrek 2 um it, 
like it didn't make my top four because you know i'm comparing it to uh, pixar which is just uh just such a well-oiled machine but shrek 2 probably one of the greatest like children's animation films ever it's incredible um they did madagascar dreamworks did uh along with the wallace and gromit guys how did, did train your dragons huge how to train your dragons chicken run they did my mom they loves did, um, how to train your dragon which ardman mm-hmm. is that studio right sam yeah, uh, was like the sh- is it the Sean the Sheep guys also? I can't yeah, remember. and they no, did yeah, like, the Wallace and Gromit. Yeah, they did Wallace and Gromit, the Curse of the Were Rabbit. Like, I think that's DreamWorks the have done their stuff. Road to El Dreamworks. Dorado is run- one that's like maybe that people is, love. Yeah. Um, that's the animation. I get. I we didn't specify, but I was personally just talking about like computer animated. Uh, these are all still within the DreamWorks animation umbrella. Right. No, I know, but I wasn't counting. Get that Kurt, machine to Kurt. draw, it, damn it. <laughs> okay. I mean Boss Baby. Yeah, there you go. That's uh, the one. No, but then you also have just like I mean that's like Do you think Alec Baldwin's gonna still be Boss Baby? Probably. I don't know. <sighs> I don't know. Yeah. But like, yeah, well, and then what DreamWorks if they make a joke like about that, where Boss so. Baby accidentally kills yeah. kills a guy? <laughs> DreamWorks did Turbo. Maybe the they're gonna get Kevin Spacey to um, voice over. <laughs> but no, DreamWorks is not like <laughs> devoid of their own like movies well worth the praise. Um, but that's not what we're talking about. We're not talking about the good movies that DreamWorks has done. I mean, they're fine. One one of them's fine that we're about to talk about. Yeah, I I, I told the people we're talking to Ants and Bugs Life. Yeah, um, we're you talking about tell us about Bugs Life. Yeah, I'll tell you about Bugs Life. I'll tell you all about a Bugs Life. A Bugs Life, nineteen ninety eight, directed by John Laster and Andrew Stanton. It stars uh, just cavalcade of individuals. Dave Foley, Julia Louis-Dreyfus, Kevin Spacey, Hayden Panettiere, Phyllis Diller, Richard Kind, David Hyde Pierce, Dennis Leary, John Raft, Jonathan Harris, Madeline Kahn, and John Ratzenberger. As, long as, as well as a fucking million other people. Ant Island is a peaceful place where Ant Kind can thrive and vibe. That is until perennial fuck-up flick, Dave Foley, ruins the offering of grains and seeds and nuts and berries that is being given to the grasshoppers, who run a protection scam on the ants. Grasshopper leader Hopper, very creative, Kevin Spacey, is livid and swears to return after the last leaf falls for what is owed to him or he will kill the ants. Flick offers to go and find bigger, tougher bugs to fight the grasshoppers and the head the head council of, council of ants, led by Princess Ada, Louis Dreyfus, agree just to get Flick out of the way, thinking he will be eaten or fall down a hole or something. Flick sets off for Bug City to find his fighters. In the city, Flick finds a troop of circus bugs he mistakes for warriors and returns to Ant Island a hero. When he learns they are just circus bugs, they devise a plan to build a massive wooden bird to scare off Hopper. The plan almost works until circus leader P.T. Flea, uh, Ratzenberger, shows up blowing their cover. Flick battles Hopper's, Hopper alone and is able to lure him to the nest of a real bird who eats the big baddie, and the day is saved. Uh, bugs Life has a Rotten Tomatoes critic score of 92, an audience rating of 73, Medic, Metacritic score of 77 percent it was weird it wouldn't let me open the page for it like it didn't exist and then i went to metacritic proper and searched a bug's life and was like we don't know what you're talking about but no match here so no idea what the user rating was uh that just was showing to me on google it had a 120 million dollar budget it domestically made 162 million and uh worldwide made 363 million uh and was also pixar's second film after toy story after toy story uh, we also watched Ants, 1998, directed by Eric Darnell and Tim Johnson, starring Woody Allen, Gene Hackman, Sylvester Stallone, Sharon Stone, Christopher Walken, and a bunch of other people. 
Z is an anxious warrior worker ant who falls in love with the colony's princess Bala. In order to see her again, he swaps with his friend, a soldier named Weaver, and is sent to war with termites. He is the only survivor of the suicide mission. Z is hailed as a war hero, but revealed as a worker and menaced by the evil General Mandible. Z and Bala fall out of a garbage chute and are set on an adventure to find Insectopia, a legendary insect paradise. They encounter hardships, but find Insectopia, and on their first night there, Bala is forcibly returned to the colony by Cutter. Z hitches a ride back with drunken morning yellow jacket chip. Z and Bala reunite and discover Mandible's plot to drown the city, killing the queen and all the workers. They unveil the plot too late and the colony floods. The ants form a ladder of workers to the surface and escape as the water rises. Cutter betrays Mandible and Mandible tries to tackle him into the hole. Z blocks the attack and tumbles in along with Mandible. Mandible dies and Z is resuscitated above ground. Z and Bala become a couple and the colony is rebuilt. We pan out to reveal the ant hill is in Central Park. I uh, don't know what to make of the information I got that the movie had a 42 to 105 million dollar budget it's it everything i could find on box office mojo and wikipedia and my those are my two normal sources said 42 to 105 million i don't know that's a really big range let's but, see what imdb says but it that's made what I um use. uh but it made 171.8 million at the box office had a meta score of 72 and metacritic user of 8.0 Insanely generous Rotten Tomatoes critic score of 92 and user of 52. Uh, I'll get it right out of the way. Despite those scores, this is the bad one. Uh, Ants, not very good. Um, We're going to talk about it first. Do you guys know the whole deal between this movie, like about this movie getting made? Yeah. Let me tell you about it, too. Yeah. Okay. Um, So basically, and um. I am going to shout out um, some friends of friends of ours uh, who have a podcast called Dream Jerks, where they go through all of actually saying this is more a recommendation for you than anybody. They're going through the entire lineup of DreamWorks animation films, film by film, talking about production history, all of that. So basically, if you don't know DreamWorks animation, and I'm not going to go into this like super deep because that's not really what we do here. But um, Katzenberg. Jeffrey Katzenberg, leaves, pr- prominent producer at Disney. The K in SKG. SKG. Uh, leaves Disney uh, basically over some like disputes with Steve Jobs from Pixar and uh, a bunch of different stuff, but kind of also- Those guys st- fucking hated each other. Yeah, they was, did. Like, brutal. If, if you, again, like check out the DreamWorks episode on this or the Dream Jerks episode on this because they, they go much more in depth than we're going to go into and like look up stuff on your own. But it also was kind of amid this sort of issues they were having where Katzenberg was really pushing Pixar to go into like darker direction with their film. It's like, oh, it needs to be more edgy for adults and have whatever. So there's actually like early production stills and storyboards of Toy Story where Woody's like a total asshole. Like he's like bullying all of the the toys and stuff and they're having problems where it's like, even Katzenberg's like, why does this movie suck? And everyone's like, because they're making the movie you want, dumbass, like, you idiot. So they, he gets fired, all of this stuff, right? Just just let me give a little context on Katzenberg that people will understand, I think, real quick, is that uh, the most recent exploit by him is he left uh, DreamWorks after he got bought out, uh, raised $1.65 billion to create Quibi, 
the uh, the short lived uh, phone media service that's had quick bites of entertainment. Uh, the platform made three hundred and fifty million dollars back on its uh, one point six five billion dollar uh, startup fees, and then promptly closed. Uh, this dumb fucking asshole uh, laid off all his employees on a call and told them to listen to the song Get Back Up Again from the Trolls soundtrack to cheer, raise morale for employees being fired. From from what I can tell, he is um, a just perennial idiot and like coattail writer who has just kind of constantly been able to attach himself to like more successful people so heavily involved in the himself. democratic party mm-hmm. he's he's hailed as a uh dc kingmaker by like he helped obama get elected helped hillary clinton still fall flat yeah. on her ass so plenty, plenty of stuff katzenberger or katzenberg leaves uh dream or pixar starts dreamworks skg with spielberg and uh, david geffen and Toy Story comes out massive hit. Basically, what happens is Katzenberg, through not only through back channels, but also his like legitimate continued friendship with John Lasseter, finds out that Pixar's next movie is going to be A Bug's Life. A Bug's just, Life. Just called Bugs at the time, yeah. but he knows they're making a bug. They're movie. making a bug movie, and he knows that it's about a ant who doesn't play by the rules kind of thing you know he doesn't fall in line with society blah 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 right it's all the same story beats and then what happens is basically that dreamworks animation dreamworks skg is going to put out prince of egypt and it's going to be their first movie that was already slated it was going to happen katzenberg basically finds out or they they realize that a bug's life is now going to come out the same week as the prince of egypt so purely out of spite, Katzenberg dumps a ton of money into Ants, which they are already working on, to make it happen that Ants will now come out, not only come out before Prince of Egypt, but a full year ahead of its release. And he has this full like public pissing match with Steve Jobs about... They're both trying to kind of intimidate and extort each other in different ways about, you know, pushing the movie's releases back and stuff. But it is, they're the same fucking movie. It's, we talk about like how, you know, these like different releases and stuff of these like twin films and how they come about. This is literally Katzenberg knew what A Bug's Life was and out of spite and just trying to one up his former employees and employers and stuff pay like dumps a ton of money just to make it so that they come out in the same year yeah. at inside information. This is long and short of it. He knew they were yeah. making a bug's life and said, we got to get ants out first. We'll basically copy their whole shit and get ants. Out. And it this is, is, this is a movie. Game insane. We got. Um, but yeah, now we have ants spelled with a Z with a Z. Um, I remember when I was a kid, this was the, and I know twin films or whatever have been around since the beginning of movies or whatever though, but this was the first one that I cognizantly thought of, like, those are the same movie. Like, yeah. I knew as, I, think this is I was a, a teen at the time, I guess, I'm like, this is the same movie. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and, boy, does the Katzenberg just, like, needing things to be more edgy just cause this movie to the bugs cuss suck in a really the bugs weird say way. bad words they do they, they say, say damn and ass and hell i think they say bitchin too they say anus you yeah. can say anus in dreamworks movies yeah 
uh, because they drink aphid beer by sucking on aphid ass. Anus, yeah. Um, I'll give this movie some credit in some ways. Um, I think they have a very, uh, I like the opening credits. I think that's really cute because you've got text super, super small on a screen and a magnifying glass going over it. And as the magnifying glass moves, you can actually see the letters really little on this like blank white, um, credit, uh, you know, whatever slate. That's cute. That's clever. Um, some of the early animation stuff, pretty ambitious with big background of this like sprawling ant city something that i do think um a bug's life kind of falls flat some of the backgrounds when it's like wider shots are just kind of green half circles to indicate hills and stuff but again it's a limitation of the art form at the time um so they, As, they, there's neither of these movies look great now i think bug's life just has so much more life to it with all the colors and I like the style they've gone with their characters and stuff. So ends up holding up better for yeah. me than I be, I think ants looks bad. And ants looks bad. It Sam, does, Sam is a much bigger animation aficionado. Do you agree? Disagree? The, How do you feel? Yeah. I think the aging of ants is much more prevalent than that of bugs life. Uh, the skin on bugs life still looks a little plasticky, which was something that they were always having a hard time with, uh, especially why they made toys because toys are plastic. So they didn't have to worry about making skin look like skin. So like the skin of the bug still kind of looks like plastic off toys, but whatever. Um, but the, uh, in ants, the quality of animation, like goes so wildly, like this is pretty good. They got so many, uh, characters on screen may, they may be, you know, of five different models, but whatever, it still looks pretty, pretty impressive to like, this is a Listerine commercial that Pixar did in 1989 <laughs> for like the swashbuckling Lix, uh, Listerine things that would just jump off the screen. That was Pixar. They were doing a commercial. Is that real? Yeah. yeah. Okay, cool. This is the same quality of like animation that they're doing. And this is bad. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah, I agree. Like, I, I think the sort of very cartoony nature of the characters in A Bug's Life where, again, sort of how I talked about like Finding Nemo, I think a lot of what Pixar was doing smartly was making vibrant, playful, mm-hmm. you know, characters that kind of kids are gonna like it when there's bright colors. Yeah, exactly, and it 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 distracts from the fact that you're watching something, you're watching an art form that hasn't really hit its stride yet. But the characters' design overall is so like well crafted that it doesn't really matter. You're 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 allowing it wiggle room. And you know the like flick and all of the ants are just humanoid. They're bipedal. Yeah. They got four legs. Arms. They got four a, legs. A bug's life. Everything or four is, appendages. Or yeah. in uh, ants, everything is all the bugs are like neutral colors. Mm-hmm. They have six legs. They like they're six. fucking weird centaurs. Um, some of the yeah, characters, mandible of- especially. Because he's so thick and shit, looks such like a centaur. It's so goofy. So and An so does um. Centaur weaver sylvester stallone's character so i i'll again like i'll give them credit because like there was clearly effort and like talented people worked on it despite the kind of backstage politics right a lot lot of good celebrities doing yeah good voices i guess i think you can definitely characters i guess i mean mostly supporting characters because it is fucking buck wild to me that woody allen is the main character and sharon stone the the 
second biggest character. I mean, I think Sharon Stone's a good actress. Um, one of her biggest roles is showing her full pussy. Well, that's the, like, the wild thing. It's like, <laughs> and then putting her in this kids movie that doesn't want to be a kids movie is it's yeah. We've, I assume intentional for that reason, but just wild in hindsight, seeing where these studios have gone since you you're like, like hey we, we're making a kids movie it's starring or like all the characters are bugs who do we get woody allen sharon stone gene hackman sylvester stallone yeah. i think gene, i think gene hackman actors. gene hackman does a great job as the big heavy bad guy i i, I he's he's out of that main group i mean sly's doing whatever he's just doing his voice to be a big dumb guy but uh hackman is uh like the imposing big threat i i think does great but still, yeah, weird. What I mean, did the did the fucking kids watching this? Have they seen the French Connection? I don't. I mean, um, I don't know. I think yeah. I think the only real big reason the reason that uh, Gene Hackman does good is because he's actually kind of like voice acting in the role. Everybody else is hired because they have unique voices. They don't act so much as a, like you could pick Sylvester Stallone. You know, if you are out of uh, you know the room's dark and he's just talking because I don't know how to do a. Bad joke yeah, whatever. Yeah, he's that's what's It's a very caricature voice, unique Definitely. voice. Yeah, but that's pretty. They have Christopher Walken in this voice. Everybody that you can think of at the drop of a hat, you know who that is. Walken is the only is, one. He's got such a unique voice, and yeah. he is borderline impossible to pick out. Yeah, as it being a little bit Walken, which is a shame because I, mean, I know it's Christopher Walken. Mm. Really, it's. I, I had to look it up. I like oh, really? I legitimately did, oh, but I also cutter. looked at like I yeah I would have I would have gotten it eventually, but like I I just immediately go to IMDb when I'm watching a movie just to like see some stuff, especially like animated movies because I like to see who's like in there. General Mandible, do you think it's really wise? But he's to, not he's sounding like that. He is he is so <laughs> subdued, and it's like it, it now in I, I guess in 1998 this wasn't necessarily a thing where you. In the late '90s, we were still casting. We like I'm fucking involved. They were still they were still casting voice actors to do a lot of these roles. Pixar was well. This movie, but this movie's not. Neither, neither of these movies. I mean, both both Pixar, of these movies are mostly actors. Pixar was bringing people in, but they weren't doing the thing necessarily doing the thing now where they were like bringing in like massive stars. I mean, A Bug's Life has fucking Dave Foley, mm-hmm. who admittedly Hollywood did flirt with the idea of trying to make Dave Foley kind of like the next comedic leading man after, um, uh, with the comedy troupe that he was in. Oh, kids in the hall. Kids in the hall. Thank you. Sorry. Just blanking on it. Um, and that kind of just like fell flat because Dave Foley alone is kind of a charisma vacuum, but, uh, <laughs> he was the lead on news radio, him and Phil Hartman, man. Number one. Yeah. News yeah. radio. The best. <laughs> Everybody knows news, the radio. news radio, but, it 98 wasn't necessarily a thing where it was like you, like you would see Christopher Walken cast in a an animated film now to have him bring him in and say hey Chris do the do your weird voice really ham it up and they don't have him do that which is weird well, he's so I, I think subdued. it's a completely different thing because I think the memification of Christopher Walken hadn't happened yet you didn't Maybe. have more cowbell and shit it, it's not like a I mean you definitely like had a, more cowbell a, by this point by 98? Uh, 98? It's like 2004-ish, probably. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, it was Will Ferrell era SNL. Yeah. And he started in 96? Question mark? Um, but anyway, I don't know. That's I mean, the memification of celebrities, you weren't seeing people wearing 
Bill Murray fucking chive t-shirts and stuff yet. Can't, more Cowboy was two years later. Okay. March 8th or April 8th, 2000. So Yeah. Yeah, I um, mean, people knew Christopher Walken, of course, but yeah, just just that memification of celebrities I don't think really sure, existed sure. yet. Um, hey, we gotta we gotta start talking <laughs> through this movie. That's fine. So yeah, we we open up. Uh, they do the kind of like a voiceover thing that's then revealed that it's Woody Allen or Z talking to his therapist. Let's get it out of the way real quick. It's is it weird to everybody? Is there a reason his name is Z? Do they ever say that? And I missed it. Um, Every other character the, has like a name. Can I can I tell you yeah. why? Because the movie is called Ants, right? And it's spelled with a Z, right? Yeah. But they never say in the movie a reason that his name's Z. Like he, they name them alphabetically, and he's like the runt or anything. No, the other characters are named Bala, Mandible. Everybody has a name. Everybody has like differing levels of like real names. Barbados is just a little, uh, yeah, Azteca. Azteca. No, there is no. He is Z. Oh, J Lo's in this movie, by the way. She plays Azteca. (laughs) Yeah, which I thought was like really. That was like another like kind of weird thing. It's like none of the other characters have any like they're just bala like they're mostly like bug kind of things except for bala which i don't fucking get and then we have the one hispanic voice actress as a character named azteca i meant to look up like are these species of ants or something like is anteca and bala are they ant species i have no fucking clue no idea we brought in an animation guy not an animation guy um and yeah we just basically learned that z is unaccepting of his lot in life we you know the the ant society is they'd have like a you're assigned either soldier or worker at birth this this is this is all stuff that we get i think much more successfully later when dreamworks does b movie the whole society of bugs like they're doing human society stuff but they're making it all bug stuff yeah which I i think is fairly good but which may um, have been i mean i'm i'm gonna put my fool on like fucking speculation hat but maybe that's them. bring up evil dead again do it no <laughs> maybe that's them sort of uh uh they had a, they, this movie was a rush job so they're just like hey let's revisit some of that bug stuff we didn't yeah. really get to we didn't do well who knows but i, I, mean, I was thinking about the thing you were talking about about making evil dead 2 more with the budget and everything that you you've talked about a couple times fairly recently where they, the they then came stuff. back to B movie and we're like, all right, let's, let's really dig into this. Also a lady will want to fuck a bee. It's more likely that it was just uh Jerry Seinfeld being like, I really like bees. Yeah, I really like bees. I'm going to do a movie about bees. <laughs> What's the deal with bees? What's bees. <laughs> 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 uh, do you want do you want to throw one in real quick at Jerry Seinfeld? No man, I suck at impersonation. Um but yeah, it's this this opening stuff is it's fine. Again, like just since we're like going through it now. Well, the actual opening I think is fine. When we're doing therapy whatever, it's like, oh, it's just Woody Allen. What, they're just doing, doing Woody, Woody Allen, Allen stuff, yeah. But then the movie for like 15 minutes cuts away from our main character to do Mandible's whole political intrigue well so that's that's where it falls apart yeah because the Imme- intro uh, yeah, immediately, immediately. because <laughs> it's it's the intro that is fine because that's when we're getting like the really ambitious animation stuff um i think we do some of the political intrigue before getting the like visual gag of the ants forming the wrecking ball and z getting uh 
Like motion sickness sick, and throwing up. I think up. because he's so nervous. He's nervous and afraid of heights and yeah, motion heights sickness. Because he's Woody Allen and it's yeah. uh, Woody Allen is afraid of heights. I'm just a little guy. I I don't know if I'll be able to hold yeah. all the ants. So and that like that stuff fine because we're getting some of these. It's, you want to take a crack at that one, Sam? Hell no, man. Like that. It's uh, <laughs> good. It's like the time where uh, this children's animation movie is doing what children's animation does and doing visual gags with combined with uh, ambitious, well-done animation. And it's it's like right around the like 10, 7. You've got like 10 minutes of like a solid movie interspersed with yeah weird shit where mandible is like revealing his plan of like wanting to stage a military coup for some reason and it's like as i said gene hackman a high point as far as uh performances but his whole thing is confusing and weird he wants to kill he he he's engaged to the princess bala but is cold and distant and he wants he has a plot it's kind of unclear why he wants to kill all the worker ants. Like just because he thinks strength is the best virtue. We get that way later, would, but it's all starting now. And Christopher Watkins kind of in the background. You don't really know what his job even is. I, I was, I was getting, um, whoo, some, uh, the like thing I kept like coming back to. And now like Dan, you and I have talked about this at some point. And I think Sam, like you agree, like there's been a, uh, cultural and societal reappraisal of the star wars prequels but it definitely felt like just how um uh uh, uh what's his name star wars guy like Which blank uh, anakin c-3po george, george lucas, lucas? Ah. oh okay <laughs> <laughs> um just how it's like george lucas was like sort of like on that initial like of episode one was just like oh yeah this is this movie that like kind of like appealed to like a younger crowd you know what it means political war talks <laughs> and it's katzenberg being like you know what this child's animation movie needs political war talks and i'm just if like we can just get the audience behind the galactic senate yeah i really have some i'm all behind the galactic senate i love it man it, I'm, it, I'm prequel denier from way back it's just pre- like pre- prequel uh, approval from i said denier jesus yeah Christ. no Ooh, ah, ah, I, ah. Enjoy, I enjoy the prequels Sorry. too for all of their faults i think they're like fun enough movies uh, there's enough of like Lucas's cool like world building stuff in there to like. I'll go for a half hour on this. You got to move right yeah. past it. <laughs> but anyway, um, it it's it seems like such a wild and weird miscalculation of what you need your movie to be about. Because even now, like me at thirty watching this is like, I'm not like, oh, this really brings like an edge to this children's right. animation movie that like is going to keep me they, engaged. They think they're doing serious stuff for the parents, but it's bad. Even like trying to do serious stuff. Like even if that's what I wanted in the kids movie was the undertone of something, some serious subplot. It's not doing that well. Honestly, the, the a bug's life is so much more successful staying lighthearted but there's the undercurrent of uh just uniting the workers uh owning your own labor and uh fighting back against oppressors which hey big which ups to both of these movies for even tackling that yeah, in fucking abso- 1998 abso- absolutely 
Um, Sam, you've been kind of quiet just because uh, Dan and I have been steamrolling. We've been, you. been talking <laughs> over each other. No, I'm, yeah. just, I'm just smiling and laughing. Yeah, for the people that don't know, I'm like the walking laugh box or yeah, factory. Yeah. I'm yeah. the canned laughter of the group. Oh, my laugh. man loves chuckling. I but, do. But what you got on this like first 15 minutes or so of this movie? Uh, I did write a few things, and they were actually pretty good. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, they're terrible. And then I just wrote things. Uh, mostly it's just about like the character models are crazy. They're just like wide set eyes. They have noses as ants to try to make them uh, appear more individual. What, uh, at the very end, one is resuscitated by like getting mouth to mouth. Yeah. Which is all of their insane. head shapes are they went so above and beyond of like giving them all unique head shapes to help differentiate them. Yeah. Um, because everything else about them is so uniform in weird ways. They're like, none of these characters have any character in their like design. The other movie just give the important ones a little leaf hat. Yeah. Perfect. I get it. That's all you need. <laughs> yeah. Guy in a hat. We all love a guy in a hat. <laughs> it's so. yeah, same hat. Um, I, I do, Sam talk with me a bit because you're the, okay. you're the, you're the design guy, right? Okay. You're the art guy. It did it. Was it as insane to you as it was to me that, all of the soldiers are just these massive hulking monstrosities. And then the workers just look closer to what like you'd think an actual cartoon ant would look like. It, and it, and it. how, when we now get to the point where Z convinces Weaver after meeting Bala in a nightclub right. to switch places with him so he can go to a military parade. All, all of the soldiers look like Kronk from uh the emperor's new group <laughs> yeah uh, and, and they got the form. chin and everything yeah. and, and at no point no one looks at z maybe like one passing comment to be like yo that guy's not some fucking monster bug they're even different colors yeah, yeah. all the soldiers ants for people who haven't seen this movie uh, are like a reddish pink hue where all of the workers are browner i'll say a, like a burnt sienna versus a burnt umber yeah, there you go. That <laughs> that probably nails it. <laughs> um, yeah, what else you got? Um, yeah, so yeah, we're getting into the uh, uh, what the dance scene or whatever at the nightclub, and they're playing the. I have no idea what the actual name of the song is, but they're playing "One Ton Tomato," and they're doing a line <laughs> dance to the the Mexican restaurant "One Ton Tomato" song. <laughs> that you will get uh, what the mariachi people just walking around, and it, it's this. Everybody knows the song, and I apologize because I don't know the name of the song. But that's what my dad always called it. And so, yeah, it will be always what I call it from now on. Uh, but they're doing, yeah, like find the real name. they're doing a very slow version of the electric slide or something to the one ton tomato song. And then uh, Woody Allen and Sharon Stone just start dancing their own dance and then getting their toes stepped on. Youch. One ton of There we go. That's the one is the name of the song. And that is in it's a Cuban song, uh, apparently. Um, uh, and. That is why it is this like super slowed down version of it. And they're all doing this like super synchronized dance, which it's all the undercurrent of this movie. Mm -hmm. You've, you can't just like follow the hive mind. You've got to be in. Yeah. Just, which yeah, wouldn't work for ants, honestly, which, but when projecting it on human values is the point of so the movie. That was like the kind of, I guess like their one like visual gag. It was just like, Oh, ants kind of just all do the same thing in like lines, which bugs life does once early perfectly. And we'll talk about it. This whole movie is just so many like weird misstep after misstep after misstep after misstep for I just God knows how many misguided reasons. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, and then uh, you've you've got Bala comes in right, and she's like with some of her ladies, and she's like, "I'm gonna I'm gonna fuck a worker ant. I'm slumming. Yeah, yeah. It's, I'm just I'm stepping out. Yeah, and stepping into some worker ant mm-hmm. pants. Uh, so she meets Z, who is um again, he's a nonconformist baby. He's he's the people's hero, and uh, he's sitting alone at the bar, so he's the only one, and he's uh i don't know what he's like spouting off how he doesn't want to conform to anything and then bala asks him if he wants to dance and he's just like right in there immediately conform yeah yeah immediately immediately because i'm horny yeah which then i mean he does continue to non-conform after conforming by doing a different dance than everyone else this whole sequence i think is actually competently animated uh this is. is one of the few few parts where the uh the background doesn't look like plastic and uh, kind of the dancers have a little bit of uniqueness to them. Uh, this part actually kind of looks good. But then something that threw me for a loop is like they all have individual teeth. And I was like, God damn, this is nightmare fuel. Yes. Oh, my God. I thought like having them, them having noses was bad. And then I see that they have individual teeth. And I'm just I, like freaking out. I was watching. I watched it with Elise um, last night and she was seeing it for the first time. And she, I mean, for spent a good 20 minutes. Uh, the fir- the opening of this movie just telling me how disgusting and haunting she kept saying the word haunting their faces are haunting yeah. uh and the teeth were a big part of that but no you you're right the the again like the credit to some of the ambitious animation stuff um that the and backgrounds especially were like a highlight for me as well the opening scene scene where you basically get a matte painting mm. of the entire ant city which got good depth to it and color and it looks like this big sort of vibrant lively sort of uh illuminated city at night or something and um that was impressive to me and it, credit where credit's due but the re- once they get outside oh boy looks like shit out there yeah so now uh z is he, he wants to see bala again he's so full bad. horned up so yeah he's going to switch places with his buddy uh weaver Sylvester weaver Stallone, weaver weaver weird name for now um yeah uh because it's kind of bug related he's he's in rank and file he doesn't know the uh inner machinations of uh the political machine so he's Going to be sent on a suicide mission to kill off all of the ant soldiers who are loyal to the queen in a, a war with the termites. Um, I do want to touch very briefly before we get to the war on the termites because I, I want to probably spend a good two and a half hours on just the scene of the termites. <laughs> That's a joke. Uh, but it's not a joke. <laughs> when uh, Z goes to Weaver to like talk about like switching places, they have this whole thing about. Weaver's like, you can't do that. Like, you'd be like sentenced to death just for even like thinking about it. And you get this nice wide shot of all of them sleeping in their like, looks like it's like a capsule hotel or, you know, whatever from like Japan, where like it's like 30 other ants like listening to the conversation and like they realize they might be like found out and they all like lay back down. Yeah. You get sentenced to death for even listening to a conversation about Yeah. Like- <laughs> <laughs> that's a pretty, pretty good joke. That's a yeah. pretty good joke. There's a couple good jokes in the movie. Yeah. The the anus beer mm-hmm. it's gross. Um, <laughs> it's not bad. Yeah, so you you ready for marching off to war? He meets his friend Danny Glover. He meets his friend Danny Glover, <laughs> who's just he's kind just of like, ha ha, you're a funny soldier. Yeah, his <laughs> no, name I'm is Danny Barbados <laughs> for some reason, and uh, Danny Glover Barbados has very sort of uh, herd mentality, kind of just like we go to war and that's <laughs> what we do, and they're marching off, and then you get um, basically the animated 
ant version of starship troopers for five minutes where they're talking about like because he keep hearing about this war with the termites and how the termites are twice as large and six six times as large and spit acid and spit acid out of their heads and um yeah they walk to the termite hive singing um the saints go marching in but it's the ants go marching in uh just full like wartime propaganda shit and uh they show up to the termite colony and it's totally vacant they've apparently walked into a trap and massive monstrous like the 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 ants look like people centaurs they've tried to humanize them a little bit the termites are like again they look like the kind of big bugs from starship troopers not the like spidery ones starship troopers but both sides are bugs is what we're getting because in a kid's movie they're horrifically killing each other we just see ants and termites being killed like in barbaric combat for yeah the next they're like the here. termites are just like destroying ants or spitting acid on them you don't see anybody like being like dissolved by the acid but like for sure you, like dying and you like know what's happening screaming oh, yeah. in agony and stuff too i saw this movie in theaters because i had probably already seen a bug's life and it's just an animation movie and i'm fucking seven years old i want to see the ant movie please it scared the shit out of me <laughs> to the point where I'm like getting ready to watch this. I'm just like, all I remember about this movie is the war. I thought the war was more of it. Like, I just remember a war scene with some massive things and people getting like torn to pieces and it terrifying me as a child. Uh, it's horrific. We, we yeah, are, it shouldn't be in a kid's movie. We're kind of spared by it because uh, Z manages to fall in a hole. Right. And get cuts, covered cuts by a to termite. black. We wake back up. He's the sole survivor, but he finds the severed head of Danny Glover and has to like talk him through his death process. Yeah, they do a little. They do Crazy. a joke about uh, not being Barbados not being able to fill his legs. Yeah, kind of clever. Again, when the movie does what animation is, or what at least children's animation is for, like sight what, gags and little jokes like that. One of the best things that he says is, "Am I hurt bad?" <laughs> and he's just a head. Just a head. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> And I mean, even like even the fact like just the fact that Z is now holding the severed head of one of three people who apparently have ever been nice to him in his entire life is terrifying and horrific enough. But Barbados has like bloodshot eyes and is just like coughing up blood and stuff as a severed head. Uh, still terrifying. I don't, like he's like metaphorically coughing yeah, up blood. Yeah, yeah. he doesn't actually cough up blood I, I will clarify that they go into the horrors of war in this movie which is insane but not quite to that extent yeah, but he is like caught he's doing yeah. the whole like, <coughs> like you'd expect it from how do you even cough when you're just ahead where's that yeah, no cough throat. coming from yeah um so then z returns a war hero and much to uh him. mandible's dismay because it, he at last for Two minutes, probably. Yeah. Before uh, he gets kicked out, they he, realize he immediately that he... hits on Bala. Who the whole point of him was, yeah, really weird sequence in which to save himself because he's going to be arrested for having danced with her. Um, he takes her hostage, but she beats him up a bunch of times, and they both fall down a trash chute and are outside now. And we get an equally horrific scene where. The ants are being burned alive by a kid holding a magnifying glass in the sun. We yeah. go 
directly from it's like some the, sort of the horror death of war. laser. Yeah, we go directly from the. It's like the Hammer of Dawn from Gears of War. <laughs> we we go directly from the horrors of war to just vaporizing ants with a magnifying glass. The One thing that I think it looks most ash. like. Sorry, yeah. The thing that I think it looks the most like is uh the from Mars Attacks when the vaporizing oh, yeah. gun and they just turn to ash in yeah. the shape of the person that they yeah, were. Like the ash falls yeah. first and then your eyes fall afterwards. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Very good. But real quick before we go there, they have like some really good signs in that ticker tape parade or whatever. Yes, and one of the best do. ones is uh, uh, one to nothing. We win. Yeah. One ant survived all the termites. Wiped. Yep. Yeah. That's a, that's a net positive. Right? <sighs> it's, it's, it's wild. Some of the messages or just kind of like ideologies. This movie is throwing out at different points. Cause it is like at, at times like full war propaganda, but then like after this, like now that Z and Bala are gone, Z becomes this like communist folk hero where just right. his there, existence... people are like launching a campaign supporting him. He, he, he's not like a Woody Guthrie. Is it Woody Guthrie? Whatever. Uh, the this yeah. machine kills fascists. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just, yeah, he's like his absence and like choosing to step outside of his allotment in life has created him as this, like I said, folk hero where now the workers of, are, of course, on accident too, because yeah. he's just trying to get pussy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, like the workers are rising up and they're like foreman is starting to sweat. And then that is squashed immediately because mandible is just like, yeah, well, where is he? And all of them are just like, oh, you're right. I'll just fall back to the militaristic regime. You're, you're absolutely right. Fuck Z. Uh, and so then we get, uh, Z and Bala doing the fucking, uh, they're on an adventure now. They're, they're doing their hero's journey to uh, go out on a quest. What is that? Queen Queen of the Nile, Jewel of the Nile, Goldie Hawn, and mm. where they're just like two unlike an unlikely couple trying to get along on an adventure. Insane line happens at some point where uh, she no longer likes him, and he says, "To think I was going to let you become part of my most erotic fantasies." Yep. <laughs> you can talk about having sex dreams in DreamWorks movies, baby. Yeah. I think uh, at some point he sounds like Fred Armisen doing a bit, like doing Woody Allen. It's the craziest <laughs> thing. And like that, there's no way that's not Fred Armisen. But then it's like 15 years too early. Um, so they're keeping, and he's he's got to go to Insectopia, which we learned about Insectopia um, earlier when they're at the bar, which um, we didn't mention. Who do we called, hear it from? It's called Chugs. Uh, we hear it from John Mahoney, who is the guy of the week, drunk <laughs> scout. He is yeah. a drunk old. Uh, scout. He's ant seen some shit with yeah. with some tattery wings, and he's talking about how he saw Insectopia. It's beyond yeah, it, the monolith. I, I got one for each movie. John Mahoney is my guy of the week for this movie. Um, in a bunch of stuff, he's a dad and say anything. He's uh, the um, who's the guy who wrote As I Lay Dying? You know the the Southern Faulkner? writer Faulkner. Yeah, he's the the like Faulkner stand-in character in Barton Fink. Well, I almost slept on Coen Brothers movies. Um, most notably, uh, 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 fucking what's his name? What Crane? What's his, what's the dad's name? Oh, ah, um, shit. Marty Crane. Marty Crane. Marty, Marty Crane. Crane. I got there. Sorry. Uh, Marty <laughs> Crane, the dad on Frasier. Uh, love John Mahoney. Great actor. Uh, 
there's so many good voice actors that I wanted to pick in this movie, but he's in there for a short enough amount in like a random goofy role. This character doesn't even have a real name. So he becomes my guy. Yeah, he's drunk scout. Movie. So Insectopia is this fabled, like socialistic hippie commune where all bugs live in harmony together and are equal and there are no assigned roles or whatever. And he's seen it and it's beyond the monolith. So now that Z and Bala are out in the world, Z climbs a like rose bush or something he's climbing up some thorns again clever is it, do stuff like that it's what kids want to see it's like the highlights of this movie is doing stuff that the art form is made for and he sees a bird bath he's like oh the monolith so they go they're going there um after they they get to a picnic at some point and they think that's insectopia and it's dan Aykroyd and uh the Coneheads lady, Jane Curtin, Jane Curtin, Jane Curtin yeah, are uh, really yellow jackets. yellow jackets. Yeah, are they yellow? Yeah. Are they wasps? Wasps? Oh, they oh, might, yeah, yeah, wasps. I was like, man, I was like, it that's like a good joke jackets, if they're wasp wasps. They do look like yeah. yellow jackets, yeah. but wasp wasps is better because that's kind of they're very uppity, yeah. like a chip. Dan Aykroyd, they both do have very like upturned nose. I think yeah. probably the most successful character design in the entire movie. Still frightening. They're, yeah, they're yeah, terrifying. They have noses. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the noses are bad. Yeah. But again, like they they have the most character. Yeah. Some of the other bugs, once they actually get to Insectopia proper, um, are solid because again they're more cartoony. Mm. You got like the fly that's got like the vacuum mouth that it talks out of its like nose thing. Um, but uh, yeah, she the the lady Jane Curtin's character dies almost immediately. We're, yep. get, we're getting fun stuff where the big fly swatters coming in the shoe trying to step on them. She gets stuck to some gum on the shoe. He's we're, riding a shoelace trying yeah, to get her. Yeah. This he, is the part where this is the low level of like this is the bottom tier yeah. of the animation because it the leaves, looks bad. Yeah, leaves look like plastic. Uh all of the patterns on the shoelaces are exactly the same. You know, the like lighting the is barely Dew even can. different. What's that? You know, like the Mountain Dew can. Uh yeah. I mean that was pretty okay. <laughs> some but of like, the food everything stuff- else was just like there's no textures. Everything is just plastic yes. and flat. And the, yeah. This is this is like the kind of fun stuff in this movie though, that I feel like this is what you do where you've got tiny guys, they're venturing out into the real world, you make them encounter big real world right. stuff, and that could be so much fun, but it's just done. Yeah, this poorly. Is, I mean, this is probably like, you knowing the backstory of this entire movie, this is probably the part that we're like, you know, we got to punch this up for kids or something because like in, uh, they do have, uh, and Patton Oswald has a thing is like sometimes him and his friends just get hired to punch up animated films hmm. and like all the voice acting is already done. They just need somebody to shout from off screen. Now this kind of seems like something that was written to punch up and probably why the animation is so terrible compared to the rest of the film is like, we got to make this for kids somehow because this is otherwise just a political intrigue movie right. where we're having yeah, a coup. This, this is where it goes on a weird. Yeah. They go on like a standard adventure. Yeah. This yeah. is the part with like slapstick. Yeah. People are stuck in gum. He's going to save her. And then he gets stuck in gum. Right. And the whole thing is like, this is things that kids can relate to because it's not over their head. Uh, create a blockade type stuff like in the prequels stuff going back to there. But yeah, and yeah. and well, that stuff's all perfect. But yeah, <laughs> and, and where the movie was was in my opinion so success successful uh, applying sort of like a a matte painting philosophy to backgrounds, they went full computer animation on this, and it is just because you're seeing it from the ants perspective. It is green grass, blue sky, copy and paste mm-hmm. clouds, and it just looks so empty and devoid of 
everything. Yeah. <laughs> there is like nothing to any of this stuff. It was like a student's reel that he would use to apply to a a, a movie studio or whatever and, in college. And like you were talking about, like just because of like the kind of production timeline, like this could have been stuff that they had just never it didn't get the polish that it was supposed to get yeah. because they moved the release schedule up a full fucking year um yeah so then there you like you said they uh some Paul stuff is stuck happens. in some gum they, he gets it, stuck in the gum they get scraped off with a coin and where do they end Mita up praying mantis and shit she's scared it it all just serves to drive the two of those the two of them together she now accepts his advances they find Insectopia. It's just a garbage place. It's a garbage everybody's, can. Everybody's dirty hippies who suck there. And guess and what happens? Well, Mandibles already found out that they're going to Insectopia. How? Because they get Weaver and they torture him into telling them. The as Tekka, what I as Tekka a, tells him, don't tell that tight ass anything. Which they had said damn and hell a couple of times. But when they said ass, I was like, oh, they're really going for it, I guess. Man, I, I wasn't expecting them to say ass. So Cutter, the second in command... Christopher Walken's character shows up to take a ball back. You get another like kind of little joke where Cutter's like, Oh, has anyone seen this? And, and all the ants in Insectopia again, this perfect hippie co- commune turn on her, give her up to the fascists. And uh, they're taken right back to ant city or whatever. He, he hitches a ride back after he sees her gone with chip, the Dan Aykroyd yellow jacket. Who's now drunk, drunk and in mourning. Yeah. Gets back uneventfully, pretty uneventfully. Um, gets in, infiltrates everything. Kind of funny gag where he's like, "Oh, I'm uh, going to the tunnel opening. I'm going to the." He's just telling all the guards that. That's kind of fun. Um, Bust her out of jail. Uh, they unveil the plot that they're gonna flood everything, which I I mentioned earlier. I don't quite understand why the ants want to live on the surface without the colony. They could just leave the colony if they wanted. I would think since they're stronger anyway, mandible has decided that, uh, if you're not a soldier, you're weak and ants need to be strong. And he's the only one that's strong. So he's willing to kill everybody. It's just like insane military tyrant plot line that makes no, it seems just so ill fitting. Um, Sammy, got anything else about well, any yeah, of that he part? Says, yeah, he says the past washed away so many times that I don't know how anybody didn't pick up on it. Like in the, they know that they're getting close to the lake or digging under the lake because there's you know water's dripping on them, and they uh, Weaver brings it up to the foreman a couple of times like, hey, should we be digging in this direction or whatever the heck? Uh, and he says he says the past washed away. I think those exact words maybe three or four different times. To the point where it's like this, yeah. Nobody is being subtle at any point. Yeah. Um. And then yeah, the 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 thing floods. They build a big ant chain up to the top. They're they're able to dig out because Z knows what to do. I guess yeah. it's the pet the strength of the worker, the strength of the community over the the value of one or whatever confused fucking message less, this su- trying to less send. successful in that message though also yes because they undermine it by he wants to get pussy the whole time well yeah, yeah that's the thing is like your your main character has poor motivation and then so your main messages are established because of that poor motivation but then those messages themselves are constantly kind of like undermined and resetting themselves yeah. throughout the movie which probably is, didn't help that he was voiced by a pederast or whatever yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's like oh we we need 
we're 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 making a kids movie. Well, yeah. Who do we need? Ah, Woody Allen loves kids. Let's yeah. get him in here. Straight oh, up. Oh my god. <laughs> um, uh, and then yeah, that's kind of the that's it. That's kind of all I got. Yeah. Uh, Mandible's death because we just needed to get uh, one final just horrific, horrible. Uh, scene in there is that they're both falling uh z and mandible are falling back into the hole and mandible falls onto a like branch and breaks he's his dead. back i guess yeah, he's he just, just dies yeah. while z falls into the water they really don't let it linger for more than like three seconds that z is going he's died he just gets resuscitated like immediately like they really could have held yeah. that yeah. for a second longer but he's just good and then yeah. they're gonna have one or two million babies. My notes back to back are Z Ultra Mega Drowns. Z is better. <laughs> <laughs> it happens so quick. Yeah, it's 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 wild. I think the movie wanted to be over as bad as I wanted the movie to be over. <laughs> like it, like the movie itself is just like trying to wrap it up. It's like, a, it's like an hour twenty three, too. It's yeah. so quick, and it still doesn't feel that quick. <laughs> Once they get out of the city. And like things are happening, like Vala and uh, Z are just kind of on that like odd couple adventure trope shit. Um, it it feels paced well enough. Uh, the first fifteen minutes felt like forty five minutes. Um, and that's when you're getting like it just intro and like the political shit, and it's yeah, I couldn't the, believe the they were marching off to war at like the twenty two minute mark. And, and you feel like you've been I, I there checked for days. because I thought I was like halfway through yeah. the movie already. I think there is a movie here, but I think there was so much shit that went into getting it to a movie screen. Turns out Katzenberg's uh, always been a fool. Yeah, yeah. It, <laughs> he yeah, lucked no, into some working on some good stuff. Yeah, you're, you're right. It's in. We kind of touched on it. I I think there's like a lot of talented people working on it that were kind of ultimately screwed over and undermined by a lot of. Uh, like just a political pissing contest from two like just uber rich idiots mm. um and it, it it's it's unfortunate for the people who had to work on it uh but katzenberg can fuck himself I, I will shout out one other um possible guy of the week the end of the movie we pan out uh we see we're in central park the whole time we get the new york city skyline and guy <laughs> of the week is still standing twin towers <laughs> <laughs> I do. I will shout out. Shout out, uh, guy of the week is a uh, Jim Cummings did had an additional voices credit on this. You oh, probably nice. couldn't ever pick him out, but Jim Cummings is the fucking man. So good for him. Uh, Sam, you got any like final thoughts on ants before we kind of take a break? Uh, I think yeah. Rather listen to this than watch the movie. Was, I think we did a lot better <laughs> job than DreamWorks. Hell yeah! Like, Fantastic. Uh, let's take a quick break and we'll come back with the Bugs Life. And we back. <laughs> What's up? We're talking Bugs Life now. Yeah. Pixar movie. Their second one ever. Mm-hmm. Which is wild. I mean, it's kind of neat that both of these kind of, well, I mean, the two big dogs in children's animation basically starting around the same time. Pixar had a small head start with Toy Story and then into a Bugs Life and then, you know, like we already talked about, DreamWorks just and so forth in that fashion. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> DreamWorks just pure fucking 
spite company uh, <laughs> gets in on the on the game at uh, fucking warp speed to kind of catch up. But um, yeah, just general thoughts before going into this. Much more successful movie. Yeah, for a lot of the reasons we kind of already talked about. Of like not why trying to be edgy. Bad. It knows what it is. It's a kids movie. It's got good messages for kids. It's got more funny cartoonish characters in the circus troupe. Um, I mean, even uh, what's his name? Flick is the mm-hmm. main guy. Yeah, yeah, even Flick's more fun. As, yeah, I mean, way more fun as a main character. Fuck Woody Allen. I guess we should say in general, fuck Woody Allen. Right? Yeah, I mean, also, yeah. I mean, uh, Bugs Life. Also, fuck Kevin Spacey. So yeah, one of my biggest issues with this movie is I just can't buy Kevin Spacey as a menacing villain. He just he's clearly such a sweet. I honestly for a second was just like where the fuck is he going with this and I was like oh I said joke he's doing a joke yeah, I did a joke sometimes here. we got jokes um yeah I, th- I think uh flick is much the kind of flick being a fuck up because he's kind of like a delusional idealist yeah so, and like so dreamer. much to me just yeah broad idea his individuality is that he's an inventor and he wants to make life easier mm-hmm. uh whereas woody allen just wants to bitch and moan about how he's not getting laid right yeah, yeah. true truly i said it too many times now at this point but that whole movie is him just stumbling into being some sort of folk hero because he was trying to get pussy which is yeah. insane um yeah but flick yeah like you said idealist good guy he's always doing his best he fucks up a lot because he's goofy going against the grain and then the movie it's the perfect easy message for kids that you can be an individual and that's a good thing everybody should yeah. be individual it, it, yeah I mean, maybe not in an ant colony as i've said but <laughs> flick is flick is much more of a better role model just like outright like absolutely the movie on a whole like you said is is a kevin, better message kevin to foley never married his own daughter dave foley dave dave foley kevin yeah i, I, don't know about I got kevin, kevin on the brain kevin foley might do <laughs> yeah i don't know what that yeah, is Ke- <laughs> everybody just rapidly googling <laughs> kevin foley's to see if they'd married their daughter um as we said still kind of looks not that great anymore there, there's part there's parts of it that yeah. don't hold up great right uh, i think some of the backgrounds when you're looking at some of the wider shots that are supposed to have this kind of depth of field kind of thing do get just kind of green mounds that are supposed to be hills in the background that don't even when you're just getting a lot of grass the grass textures and stuff you can definitely see the age of this movie what do you you think as far as like actual animation and instead of just like you're our you're our expert so i want to i want to speak a little bit onto the character design of it uh so if you're looking at these two movies like kind of side to side you can tell uh, which one kind of had like the more talented character designers because there is uh, Richard Kind is kind of like the second in command for the grasshoppers. He Molt. plays, he plays yeah. Molt. A, uh, a guy I fucking love. Yeah. Richard great, kind. great visual gag at the very end. He's like constantly flaking. He's molting. Yeah. He's molting. He's a bug. Yeah. And uh, when he gets scared out of his full skin yeah. and just the, the, it bounces around on top of the, the And if my third note just says we got Richard Kind exclamation point because he's a guy I just so much love to yeah. see. Yeah. Uh, and if you've ever seen Richard Kind in the '90s, like maybe on Spin City or something, that they made a grasshopper look exactly like Richard Kind. Yeah, like they somehow drew an insect to look like Richard. Like you know, that's Richard Kind. It, it's well, a thing Pixar starts to do a lot, yeah. where they'll clearly 
have some, in, I'm sure they have an intention of what kind of voice actor they want for the character, but then they will also model the character after the the actor right. in some Be, way. But that just it goes to the talent of the people that are involved. And yeah. just to further emphasize that point, Francis, Dennis Leary's character, has Dennis Leary's uh, kind of brow line and right. his... Um, which is, they gave which him is a, the la- a male ladybug. Male ladybug. There's, there's plenty of gags, about, which is fun, about... He's a tough, angry he's, bug. But Francis he's has um, the, uh, Dennis Leary's mouth, too, mm. with kind of a sharp upper, like straight yeah. upper lip, gap in the, the tooth. In um, one of the bloopers at the end, we see Francis, the Dennis Leary bug. He knocks over a cappuccino, and then he starts drinking a regular coffee, a coffee-flavored <laughs> coffee. I, um, I made that up, but that's funny. David <laughs> Hyde, I did a joke again. David yeah. Hyde Pierce voices Slim, yeah. who's a stick bug, but also has... Both of these movies have a Fraser guy. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Slim had David Hyde Pierce has a very um, like lower half of his face like oval flat oval wide flat oval with you know a kind of stronger cleft mm-hmm. uh, chin and Francis has that so just again like right it, it that is an aspect of every I guess every ends every character that's not one of the bug or the ants the ants kind of all have a yeah, fairly they, uniform look to them they have a uh, such a wonderful design to them in the bugs life movie which is to say they are such caricatures of the people that voice them in contrast to ants where you can look at the uh, for for example the character model of weaver and you can tell that that's uh, sylvester stallone but it is sylvester stallone's face on an ant versus you you get the essence of a richard kind you get this whole body you get uh what what is uh uh dennis leary in that, the that like hair shape in, yeah. in grasshopper form and it's richard kind yeah and kind of the drooping it's, face and, it's the subtlety in yeah. it and not just a straight copy and paste of somebody's visible features into the character model that make it so much better it's like it's it's the less is more I, approach I, and, and I it's think so good one of the like another very strong one and i i'm i'm hoping this is uh the setup to dan's that guy for a bug's life is uh, Dr. Flora, Edie McClurg. Mm. They just made an Edie McClurg ant, and it's fucking great. Yep. <laughs> That's not it. She it's... gets a shout-out, though, because I think she was Guy of the Week already once. I believe she was. I remember talking about her because of the uh, fucking car scene in Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't remember what movie she was in, though. I was thinking about it. She's close, but that's not it. Mm. Okay. We'll have to stay tuned. That's right. Boys and girls. <laughs> Uh, in the industry, call it a teaser. Dan, why don't you start taking us through sort of the uh, plot of a bug's life? Yeah, uh, everyone's collect. It just opens with them collecting grains and stuff, right? Yep, collecting. We find out they're collecting food for the grasshoppers. You get a great visual gag of you know ants walking in a line, and a leaf falls and breaks the line, and they, all of them start panicking out. that they're yeah. lost, mm-hmm. and someone has We're, to come in like, guys, everybody, calm down. We're gonna go around. We're really setting leaf. up that these aren't free thinkers. Mm-hmm. Um, they all they know is colony again stuff. this is what i was talking about where a bug's life does the answer a hive mind sort yeah. of society so much more successfully and like more lighthearted than hey look at them all fucking do a line dance to guantanamera mm-hmm. um yeah so we that's happening they're collecting food um kind of interspersed we're finding out that this is for the grasshoppers they've got a uh, get all the food they can because these menacing grasshoppers require this uh, kind of sacrament. Um, that's that I said interspersed because we're we're also cutting into 
Some of our more important characters, Julia Louis-Dreyfus as the princess of the ants who becomes a main character. We're getting, I think her name's Dot, who's a very mm-hmm. young Hayden Panettiere as yep. the the second princess in line, uh, basically, just a cute Atta's little kid little bouncing sister. around. And then, uh, uh, of course, our main character, Flick, who, um, as, as we mentioned, is an idealist. He's kind of an inventor, tinker type guy. He's made this... Uh, uh, harvesting it's an incredible machine if you think about it. he's tying together sticks and rocks into a constant motion to basically make a uh, 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 backpack operated like thresher it's I don't, like I don't it's know a single stock that. thresher yeah that he can like and it's one ant can get all the grain off of one stock versus each ant has to climb up and grab a grain right. and come down i um he's, I, he's doing industrialization yeah speak yeah well yeah and then speaking of the uh merchandising aspect of pixar movies that you know got cars two more sequels i actually had and this was one of my favorite toys growing up was a flick that had the full thresher oh, backpack. Cool. Did it like flick us? Could you put something in there? You and could. Flick so it? where like the little like pouch that or like thing that catches the grain stocks, you could put stuff in there, and that you could pull that back and yeah, flick that's it, cool and as it hell. throw stuff. That's, yeah. that's good. And it had, it had the there. like uh, the little thing that like is like grinds it up and stuff. It was fantastic. I loved that toy. Yeah. Um, but in character design, plastic. It, I mean, it looked because of how plasticky it was i mean I, I don't know if that was like an aspect of how they were designing it but it was definitely they did they did a good job of utilizing the plasticky look of the character design mm-hmm. from the movies because of the uh faults in computer animation mm-hmm. to be like hey we can make fucking toys that look just like this shit and it's gonna crush we, we should say too i mean when this came out it looked perfect it looked yes like, yeah. yeah no it, it, it looked like the best thing i'd ever it was seen. state of the art yeah. same same thing incredible. with the same thing with toy story which i probably again, said to myself we'll never get better than this, <laughs> this is- <laughs> but yeah no the same thing with like a toy story when you were watching it at the time you're like holy shit because it was right. groundbreaking it was new no one had really ever done it it was an actual true departure from you know hand animation like that we especially that like disney studios disney animation studios like proper had done like so often and like was top of the game at it and they pixar was coming in with this groundbreaking stuff and it 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 just it it had its limitations being a new art form and that's just what it was but yeah exactly like you said at the time it was like holy shit this is wild this is the moon landing yeah right um so yeah flick uh he's the last one in the grasshoppers are coming they want to collect their food uh he knocks over the entire uh offering uh so they're fucking pissed they break down into the colony the colony like it's one thing I'll give ants that I like how much the colony is like they made like a human civilization of some sort in the colony the colony here. It's just like underground. We got some tunnels and stuff. There's not much to it, but that's fine. The That's not the point of the movie. There's so much other good stuff going on. Um, grasshoppers are pissed, dude. Kevin Spacey's going to fucking crush every ant. Um, uh, what do you got on this? What do you, what do you got up to here, Sam? The, yeah, just the, do I look stupid to you? Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is her, this is, uh, what, Princess Ada's first, uh, interaction, I guess. This is her first year being the one in charge. And so this so is... She's kind of on like a, uh, like, uh, 
on the job training yes. kind of yeah. thing. Her mom yeah. is still there, but she's like the one in right. charge. Yeah, this is her fir- her first harvest or whatever the heck, where she's the face of the ant colony and she's just have a royal screw up. And like the entire time, she's like, they come, they eat, they leave. They come, they eat, they leave. Mm-hmm. And then they bust down in and start, you know, harassing her, being like, do I look stupid to you? Right. Type. And that's, I think that's one of the better, um, uh, ways that they show Hopper being imposing is like, he's so much taller. He's also got six arms and uh, legs. So, you know, he's not uh part. Uh, kids can't relate to him because he's got different numbers of right. appendages. Yeah. You're, you're they've monstrified. Yeah. Him. You, yeah. you made the, the good bugs mm-hmm. look humanistic by making them bipedal and mm-hmm. having more humanoid features. And you've made the bad guys look. Right. And then I mean, taken to the, the biggest point when we see Thumper, the like, chained up evil scariest yeah. bug who like can barely even sp- we don't hear him speak at all i don't think until the bloopers yeah um when it's as though he's an actor um again yeah i was seven fuck. scared the shit out of me yeah, thumper was scary <laughs> as fuck when i was a kid yeah um so what what happens everybody's upset with flick because he fucked it up mm. um the grasshoppers leave they're gonna come back right before the last leaf right when the last leaf falls at the end of summer um, to collect uh, double what they had previously agreed upon. Yeah, and, and um, they're having sort of like a council meeting kind of just to decide what is going to happen with Flick, who Flick, again, being sort of this the absent-minded dreamer that he is, uh, misunderstands something they say, and he's like, oh, well, I'll just, yeah, I'll go get bigger, stronger bugs than grasshoppers, and they'll right. help us fight them, and we won't have to do anything. And you're like, oh, this is actually really good, because we can send him on this mission... He'll fail, obviously. It's not going to help. We'll keep harvesting everything, but he won't be here to get in the way. Uh, so, yeah, go on your journey, Flick. You're you're out in the big wide world. You're going to make yourself a little hat out of grass and a backpack, <laughs> and you're uh, you're on a mission. Only Dot Hayden Panettiere uh, can uh, uh, see why you're actually the good guy. Um, yep. You get a fun little thing where uh, he's, like, leaving town this is like one of the scenes I think to me where like the animation is like really on point of him, like walking through and it's like the leaving town to go on my adventure yeah. scene. And there's like two little kids like following him and dots there as well. So three little kids and uh, the two like boys are talking about how like, Oh, my dad says like, you won't make it a, like you won't come back with anybody. And he's just like, no, my dad thinks he's wrong. My dad thinks you're going to die. <laughs> That's like, no, he's gonna do good. Yeah, I'm small. That's great, and he he climbs up a, a dandelion stalk, and he pulls yep. off a seed, and uses got a dope ass leaf hat. He's got like really an umbrella, neat, yeah, really neat leaf camping gear, mm-hmm. and all kinds of really cool stuff. Again, character design just looks good. Yeah, popping off. Um, I'm trying to remember. Does he really have many adventures until he gets to the bug town? No, he basically just like makes it. It, it, it's city. weird because at this point the movie feels like it's a classic hero's journey he's gonna go out and come back at the end of the movie not the point um, of the movie nope yep. not, a, not not at all this is not a hero's journey in the traditional sense yep. no. um yeah he, he comes to bug town it's fun this is where we get that nice like bugs somewhere are doing human stuff like they, they the have city, city there's like a there's like uh empty christmas lights that like a firefly is 
being a, a streetlight put his butt in one. Yeah, there, there's a bunch of snails here, which proves a point I've been making for a while is that snails are bugs. Yeah. I also think <laughs> lizards are bugs. This movie, unfortunately, didn't have any lizards in it to clarify that point. But um, uh, yeah, just like definitely bugs. And just like Insectopia and Ants was a trash can, this is just kind of underneath, like in all of the trash underneath a mobile home mm-hmm. like in a trailer park presumably get a little visual gag of some flies flying into a, a bug zapper oh. kind of thing we we don't get um his adventure into the city because uh as he's leaving we get introduced to the circus troupe yes. um pt flees tra- <coughs> oh shit covid <coughs> pt <laughs> flees traveling circus um john ratzenberger is pt flea um circus guy he's got a great cast of so many great voice actors. We got uh, Raymond's tall brother, right. um, Fred Garrett. Brad Garrett. Yeah. Um, He's dim. Madeline Kahn is Gypsy Moth. Dennis Leary is Francis the Ladybug. Uh, Jonathan Harris is Manny. Uh, David Hyde Pierce is Slim. John Raft Heinlich. Uh, Bonnie Hunt is Rosie. Um, it, yeah. At some point, Max, I got to stop you. Yeah. Because you did mention my guy of the week. Oh, my God. It's Madeline Kahn who plays Gypsy the Moth. Um, she's uh, an actress I like. She's not done too, too much. Um, I believe she's passed away. Um, oh, she died in 99 at 57. Yeah. Pretty young. Fortunate. Basically right um, after this movie came a out. A lot of people probably recognize her as Lily Von Stupp from uh, Blazing Saddles, um, oh, yeah. which that's yeah. a great one. She's in Young Frankenstein as well. Um, Mrs. I'm, White and Clue. I'm, yeah. I mostly wanted to shout her out because she's uh, Trixie Delight in Paper Moon. And uh, just last week, uh, the director of Paper Moon, guy I love, Peter Bogdanovich, passed away. I just wanted, wanted to shout her out as a way of shouting him out. Guy I love, Paper Moon, fucking rules. Uh, a man and his real life daughter. Um, like the actresses are like real father and daughter. Great, great, like... Uh, Again, an odd couple adventure duo. They just like do scams and stuff, and he doesn't think she's his real daughter. And uh, it's a great movie. Uh, mm-hmm. Gotta check that out. Love, love Paper Moon. R.I.P. Bogdanovich, Catherine, uh, uh, Madeline Kahn. I said Catherine Hahn. Jesus <laughs> Christ, completely different lady. It rhymes. Uh, Madeline, yeah, man. Madeline Kahn. Uh, congrats, my second guy of the week. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah, I do yeah. want to dive in a little bit. I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah oh good. yeah. Please, yeah, please. Yeah. No, no, we needed to get back to it. Yeah. Fucking dive, baby. Uh, yeah. Uh, well, I mean, it's uh, another uh, tangent, but uh, talking about John Raft, uh, he was a storyboard artist on Toy Story, um, and he co-wrote. Uh, he didn't do the screenplay, but co-wrote the story for Bugs Life, uh, I believe, with John Lasseter. And uh, the entire time he was doing the voice for he's the voice for Heimlich, uh, the the Swedish, German, whatever that uh, Alpine. I was wondering who that guy is because yeah. he's not like a voice actor, no. an actor, really. Right. I knew he was like a behind the scenes guy. Yeah. He's, so he, he does a good job. It's yeah. his character. Oh, no, yeah, he's great. Yeah. Like, that's the whole point is like they they were doing animatics every day and they're like, OK, who can we get? Everybody start naming German actors we can get to voice Heimlich. And so they would bring in German actors like, uh, I don't know, like uh, one of the guys from uh, uh, Die Hard. I'm just, you know, Jerry Myers, but like he's not German, but whatever the hell he does, he plays German. Um, uh, That's a bad example. Regardless, they're like, nobody sounds as good as John Raft. So they just gave him the, like the role. And that's how he got into voice acting. Hmm. And then he started doing more and more voices within uh, Pixar. And then unfortunately he passed away 
uh, in a car accident. Uh, mm-hmm. He did a voice for I can't remember who he did for Cars, but he was Wheezy in Toy Story Two, the the penguin that um, you know lost its squeaker. Um, uh, he you know tragically passed away, and several uh, animated movies were dedicated to him the following year. I think in like two thousand five or six. Um, and, uh, but yeah, that's, it, it, it was a very funny story about how he got into be the voice of, uh, Heimlich and then do more bit characters within Pixar. Yeah. I just want to, uh, kind of give you through some, cause his story credits are fucking insane. Yeah. Uh, Oliver and company, mm-hmm. beauty and the beast, lion King, toy story, bugs, life cars. Um, Obviously, he's got a based on characters by hit after hit. Um, He was a story supervisor for Rescuers Down Under, um, one of the Brave Little Toaster uh, movies. And uh, yeah, and acting wise, uh, he did Jock and Finding Nemo. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Jack. uh, Wheezy, um, Red in Cars. I forgot all Um, about Oliver. He had a voice in Monkey Bone. Like, yeah, he did after. This, I mean, he had some like stuff. He was Lenny the Binoculars and Toy Story, but um, yeah, he, he just ended up having like his own. Yeah, he became a voice actor, voice like, acting yeah. career in his own right after yeah. this, and unfortunately passed away in a car accident. Yeah. Um, R.I.P. to him. That's it. Too. Him and Madeline Kahn. That's very yeah. sad. And Bogdanovich. And Bogdanovich. It's a cursed movie. Yeah. Yeah. Bogdanovich had nothing to do with it. <laughs> R.I.P. to him too. So, Flick now in Bug City, he he's kind of stumbles into um. A, a bar you get a cute little visual gag of a, a a slug ordering a meal and salt comes on top of it and he yells about how he asked for no salt there's it's, a fly eating some poop and talking about the poopy platter that's um, fun. and francis had run afoul of some flies at the circus earlier that evening and they bring their big buff friend and they try and kind of fend them off by doing like a robin hood bit that flick just so happens to come in and see. And he's like, Oh, these are warrior bugs. Like, oh, he these are my he guys. misses all of it. He just sees straight kayfabe. He, does, he doesn't yeah, know he's but, watching a work. Well, yeah, we got to mention the, the ring of death just because I don't think we mentioned the ring oh, of yeah, death. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, the actual that will come back. Yeah. yeah. The, yeah. Tell us about that. <laughs> it's just the, yeah, the flaming ring of death, like PT, yeah. uh, you know, get rich quick kind of guy. He's trying to, you know, anything that's going to get him a buck that he can, you know, market or whatever the hell, uh, turns out the entire, act of the circus all these people are they love they're in it for the love of the game but they're kind of terrible at being a circus and uh, uh so they come up with one final act kind of like the they're kind of just like a c team they're like yeah. either like washed up or just not very good lovable or, goofballs yeah. yeah they all kind of have one thing they're okay at but they fuck up working as a team they'll learn to work yeah. as a team as the movie goes on though. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah the crescendo is the flaming is the flaming ring of death where they try to get a uh, tuck and roll are the pill bugs that don't speak english horny uh, your Euro- fucking eastern european, eastern european. pill bugs yeah <laughs> Uh, two of my favorite characters yeah, in the whole so movie. Yeah. Pretty much the only English that they say is, uh, you're fired because they yep. learn it like after this trick. Uh, so the whole trick is, uh, the pill bugs are going to be shot into flypaper, uh, which is slowly going to be set on fire. Uh, so Rosie has to, uh, do like a swan dive, uh, create a web to catch them before the f- they get to the, uh, uh, the, the flypaper. Um, but they're all going to do it blindfolded. And then, you know, comedy of errors ensues because they accidentally set the trick off too soon. And then the flypaper falls on P.T. Flea and tortures him to death. Everybody in the audience laughs their ass off. And uh, they kind of cut to them sitting in the bar because they've been embarrassed for possibly the last time. Mm-hmm. And they don't know what to do. Yeah, they get fired. And then they're fired. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> um, 
So yeah, now Flix got his warrior bugs. They're gonna make it back. Um, before they, they they don't realize he wants actual warrior bugs. They think he wants actors. Yeah, I mean, he it's... thinks they're actual warriors. Nice comedy bear stuff going on. But yep. they they get back to town. They, they get, get back, back to, to town. town. Uh, before uh, you know the 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 circus folk kind of figure it out before Flick does as they're like realizing because the you get this great little kind of montage sequence of um all of these uh characters coming through like they like getting the, a warrior's welcome being, the, like being the, welcome to town is honored guests. yeah the yeah. kindergarten classes like drawn them a thing <laughs> yeah. and they were just like oh we drew one of you guys dying to make it more dramatic and it's heimlich like split in half they the the thespians uh they do a a beautiful epic play about yeah. uh, the battle they're going to fight with the grasshoppers. Which, given did. context clues, is apparently very long. Yeah. Um, and all of this stuff, and they're like, now the troop is kind of like freaking out. They try and uh, they they finally relay the information to Flick. He finally gets it kind of mid-speech uh, he's trying to give through a little bullhorn that he's created out of a stick and some leaves. And um, now they're all now flicks a part of this too and they're like well shit like you yeah, guys he, can't he's leave. talked them into staying and they're going to use their unique talents to actually be warriors in some way before they yeah. actually are convinced to stay they have a run-in with the actual bird which again will come back later uh, oh yeah, yeah which yeah, is just yeah. a little so, action sequence there's not much to that's, it that's other fun. than to drive them back to the island yeah versus they, just they're leaving. in danger of a bird they all hide successfully but dots there we've got to protect dot so mm. then they all use their unique talents to save her. That's a fun sequence. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I love that bird sequence in general because it's not made out to be like a scary bird. It's just like a kind of cute it's regular like a sparrow bird. or something. Yeah. yeah. But it screams like a fucking demon. Yeah, dude. It's a, it's a bird that crazy. screams like a man. Yeah. It sounds like a T-Rex from <laughs> Jurassic Park. <laughs> yeah, um, I, I had a lot of fun with that whole scene. Yeah, it's um, good. It's it's um I think the bird straight up like animation wise in terms of like looks is one of the more successful like pieces of animation it's, it's so big too that yeah. it's it's like this big looming force it's it's done well just like jaws style you're not really seeing the bird you see the shadow come over so, and all something stuff. again that like pixar or pixar just as a whole as an animation company but a bug's life does more successfully than ants is that kind of like size stuff where ants has these wild just like sways and some of the size with like the between the bugs and stuff but like the bird is effectively done or at least more effectively done to me than any of the stuff in ants um so now they're back and they're like basically they find out flick realizes that or is told or reminded that uh hopper is afraid of birds because one almost ate him took his eye so the plan now is well, we're not going to tell everybody that you're circus bugs, but you're going to help us. Like, we're going to present it that your plan, your the circus bugs plan, the warrior bugs plan is to build a bug or a big fake bird that is going to help them sort of scare Hopper and the grasshoppers off. It, we keep getting um, Julia Louis-Dreyfus. Uh, she keeps talking about the warrior bugs, but she's like New York enough that she keeps fucking it up and saying warriors. Mm. She's. I, I was just having fun with listening to Julia Louis Dreyfus <laughs> in a full voice actor role, like in a studio. Just couldn't nail warriors. Just constantly saying warriors, like she said, <laughs> voyeurs with a W at the beginning. I, 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 I liked that. I had to note it down. So the the bird building montage eats up a good 
chunk of time yeah. for the rest of the movie. We kind of see yeah, we just, get Francis mm, recuperating because he got hurt in yeah, that rescue. He's an honorary den mother for the blueberries. Yeah, yep. that's that's yeah. a it's lot a of fun. Very Everybody's fun having a lot of fun yeah. doing montage. Yeah, it's just this. The movie more successfully relies on just kind of visual gags, which are easily digestible as an audience, especially for children. Um, somewhere around this success. Somewhere around this point, I wrote down a note that it would be funny if the movie just wrapped up with the Black Widow and the Praying Mantis just absolutely murdering every <laughs> single grasshopper, which would be so easy for them to do. Those those two bugs alone could kill every bug in this movie, no problem. Um, so and basically now at this point, we we see that the grasshoppers have apparently like fucked off to Tijuana to yeah. uh, eat seeds under a sombrero. Yeah. Uh, That's fun. Yeah, yeah. it's... There's some some guys try and they try and trick Molt into telling Hopper because Molt is Hopper's little brother, who he he promised his mother he would take care of, and uh, that why why should they even go back? They're happy here, and Hopper is too proud, I guess, yeah. to let that happen. Well, not not even too proud because it starts out he seems prideful as just like. Except for that one ant who's still... He's like, yeah, we will stay here. This is better. We don't. I don't even like eating that shit that they harvest. Mm. He's like, but that one ant stood up to me. So he makes his point by like... It seems like killing the yeah. all, all of the grasshoppers who stood against his plan. And he's like, it's not, a, it's not about uh, getting the seeds. It's not about any of that stuff. It's about showing control. Ants got to stay in line. We got to keep it this way. Yeah, which, because the grasshoppers are just like the fucking mafia... Right. Yeah, and I are think, running a protection scam. <laughs> yeah. One of the one of the cool things about this is because they have to make him very ruthless because it's been at this point in time it's minute forty five and we haven't seen him since minute five. Mm-hmm. So forty minutes have gone by without the bat the main antagonist right. of this film. Yeah, so he's, he's only got in like three like yeah. scenes, I guess. So he's got to do something ruthless, and then he goes and kills air quotes kills uh, three people in his own gang. Right. Under some nice, you know, I wrote nice fluid animation on the grains burying the grasshoppers. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. That's very good. Also, they played La Cucaracha the whole time. They're there. Like, hey, that's a good song for bugs. I like when they're holding the mosquitoes and the mosquitoes have to stay uh, rigid so they can throw them as darts and then they immediately go limp once they're in the dartboard. That's that's a lot of fun. Um, I like when the grasshoppers take off. You say, let's ride, boys, and they sound like motorcycles. Yeah, Mm -hmm. Um, Very good sound design. I'm I'm having a lot of fun with a lot of different stuff here. The movie's very successful, despite it not aging well in parts. Um, And now the grasshoppers are back we've got the the plan is going to go into effect they've kind of the grasshoppers have sort of taken over the society uh, or the like ant island they're gonna s- squash the queen all of this stuff's going on well, at, um, some, at some point before that the the actors the warriors are found mm-hmm. out so they've been yes. outcast from society from yeah flick has been exiled along with uh the circus troupe um, hanging his head in shame. He's and upset, and they, so. yeah, and they decided that they're gonna go, but they're gonna go back and try and one save the ants and also redeem themselves. It, oh, I, I just once re- they re- realize that what the right. what's going to happen that Hopper's not gonna honor the kind of thing they're gonna kill the queen anyway. Yeah, P, so PT Flea, yeah, he shows up, he uh, exposes them yeah. as performers and not warriors. Yeah, everyone's outcast. Uh, grasshopper show up. Dot flees from the grasshopper she learns to fly finally because she's Which, experiencing growth goes finds flick brings everybody back to save the day yes um 
and that's at that point it's kind of just all climax it's a lot of action um you get the try bird, the bird plan bird plan pt flea fucks it up fucks by it doing the flaming ring of death and it lights the bird on fire yeah. and exposes the whole plan that's a lot of fun Same, you got anything well they got the whole that. the whole switcheroo they're going to try to save the old queen mm-hmm. so the warrior bug or the warrior bugs are you know a circus uh now and they come back and hop uh was it molt really likes the circus you know there's like entertainment all that kind of stuff um so they're doing they're trying to do something where they can get the old queen out so they do the uh one of the tricks that they did at the beginning where they have gypsy the gypsy moth uh spring out from the uh ancient uh chinese box from asia yeah and chinese, well, chinese asia. food container yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um and then uh accidentally they show uh they accidentally reveal that the box is empty somehow the queen has snuck out through dim uh, uh through under dim shell and that sets Hopper off. So he starts freaking out. Uh, and then the uh, the bird shows the up. Stuff, uh, yeah. The the made-up bird uh, mm-hmm. shows up to try to start spooking Hopper into leaving. Yeah, and we could just then, like, Hopper and Flick kind of have their mm. mano-a-mano showdown. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. They yeah. beat the shit out of Flick, Yeah, one other, yeah, one other thing is they go through, like, they're almost uh, Saving Private Ryan style. Uh, everybody's dying. Like, uh, uh, Slim's got berry juice in his eye. Yeah. Uh, everybody's dying, like, looking like the bird has oh, attacked yeah, them, yeah, and they yeah. all look like they're dead, and Hopper really starts freaking out. Yeah. yeah, and PT, yeah. Yeah, PT starts, like, uh, uh, like, his whole act is dead now. So he's going to take out the bird, and that's when he sets it on fire. He lights a match yeah. <laughs> from the flaming ring of death. And- yeah. Um, yeah, that's a lot of fun. Um, the whole end of the movie, it ends up being we can't trick Hopper, we can't trick the grasshoppers or anything. Uh, we have to, seeing our returned hero uh, beaten down, flick beaten horribly, uh, and continue standing up against the grasshoppers, they realize uh, what he was so scared of the whole time is that in numbers, they outweigh them. Um, the ants can just refuse to be uh, kept in chains. This is insane how much this is truly a movie about unionizing your workplace and owning your own labor. Yeah, especially uh, yeah. Great, great message to have in this movie. The whole, the whole colony goes through an industrial revolution using yeah. uh Yeah, they're, they're, yeah, they're fully this. doing it afterwards yeah, I mean, to they, feed they're themselves like and make it easier. seizing the means of production. and mm-hmm. um, Yeah, and then you got just another Randy Newman banger on the... Yeah. the in credits we got yeah. little bugs <laughs> I, don't, I don't know how, i don't remember this song you got a buggy <laughs> yeah. i'm gonna keep i'm gonna continue to read this you entire last part of the movie because yeah. i love so much that this so much about this movie so okay uh hopper has dot uh uh, uh or what is dot versus thumper round two kind of mm-hmm. a thing uh, she swats him on the face and then dim is the goat. Cause he is just this monstrous thing that nobody can He's a rhinoceros beetle that nobody can stand up against. So he yep. ends up roaring behind dot that scares thumper away. Uh, he, he, uh, whimpers like a dog as yeah. he flies away. Yeah. Uh, and then, uh, what hopper runs away with flick because he's the one that kind of int- uh, instigated this whole thing. And then the circus bugs, all the flying ones take off. It's uh Francis has slim, uh, Slim gets stuck in a tree branch, and they. That, that was a lot of fun. We, you yeah. can't see even where he is because he's blending in with normal stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It's like one I can only stick with eyes. Yeah. What? Yeah, one of my favorite bits in the entire movie is when <laughs> they lose the stick bug in yeah. all of the sticks, and yep. it happens right at the end. It's great. 
Um, yeah. So uh, what uh, the uh, pill bugs are thrown on top of Hopper. They steal or they grab onto his antenna, steer him towards the uh, bird. They end up like stealing his uh, one of his and ripping one of his antenna off. And they kind of have like fun jokes with that at the very end. Oh, yeah. Uh, they're like wiggling. They're around. like wiggling. It's like, you're fired. You're fired. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, and then the, the real bird shows up, and Hopper thinks it's the fake bird, and then it turns out that you know it's not. Yeah, he's like, "Oh, is this yeah. one of the, your another one of your bird tricks?" And yeah, Flick kind of like looks up, realizing what he's talking about, and uh, yeah. plays along with it, and says, "Yes, yes, it is," just to not yeah. alert him to uh, the danger. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's more of the western part that I want to get to is the death of Hopper. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. That motherfucker did. Yeah. But, but yeah, both movies just end yeah. up in the absolute, just straight up death yeah. of our main antagonist. This movie has not had death the entire way through. Uh, like at least the thousands explicitly. of insects killed, like in the other movie. Yeah. You, but you, you think the the three grasshoppers are presumably crushed under the weight of all of the seed that Hopper drops on them, but it's not made apparent it, it, it's it's alluded to for sure but it, there's the threat of death that they're going to squash the queen but yep um but no yeah. ants just has a full-on starship trooper sequence where right. uh, millions of ants of are burned yeah. to death by the acid of <laughs> alien termites yeah. um just a, so much more successful movie officially the hundredth movie we've watched for the podcast wow we did it. One. Well, you know, hey, I'm happy to be here, guys. Same, yeah, that's yeah. that's fun. Um, in hindsight, I honestly think I like Bugs Life more than I did even after watching it. Just because I watched a Bugs Life first and then Ants, and watching Ants, I was like, oh man, a Bugs Life is yeah. just so much be- uh, even better than I thought it would be. A Bugs Life being like the actual like age range for it when it came out when it was on home video all of that i've seen it so many times i remember it being very high on my i mean i fucking had toys from the goddamn thing it was one of my favorite movies growing up at animal kingdom they got that ride where you feel the bugs yep. running on your butt and um that was great i i've seen it a lot of times i've I, I honestly i watched a bug's life within the last like year and a half even like while watching before you know watching it for today's episode um it's great it doesn't hold up because of the just newness of digital animation just the technology at the time yeah it's yeah. it's just one of those things Pixar's just, so much more figured out to what kind of movies they want to make and can make that this feels like a simplistic story compared yes, to like they were now they're making movies about going through the death process and stuff yeah and, you've yeah. you've got um it it's the culmination of a lot of things that kind of like keep it from truly aging like well, I guess I I will say for lack of a better term or like, you know, not being able to think of one, I guess is, but it's, it's Pixar making their second film. I mean, they, you can tell even watching it now that they knew that they were on the cusp of something that they had a formula for something that would truly become the giant that it is now. They just needed another 10 years to really figure it out and sharpen that blade. And then once they did, they just go on a fucking run that just bangers, man just makes them an absolute powerhouse of media. And I mean, thankfully for them, at the time and you know 
separate if you can Disney's involvement and what they're doing now to just, you know, the film industry as a whole, like from it, if you can, but like, that was such a boon for them to just have that sort of financial powerhouse backing behind them to really kind of do stuff like this, you know, or, you know, maybe they're just still making Listerine commercials. I don't know. (laughs) Possibly. Actually, Um, I don't know who's making Listerine commercials now. Yeah. Not Pixar. Yeah. But also they had the bloopers. They had something the bloopers. That, something yeah. that I wish they would bring back is the bloopers. Yeah. Yeah. So was... weird in an animated movie because we we pretend that it's a real movie set and there's like a camera that people knock over and yeah. people mess up and clearly all fictitious, but yeah, we're having a lot of fun. Kind of a that. it was it was a hallmark of sort of early Pixar movies to do that kind of which I would assume is just kind of letting their animators have a good have fun and just now they'll do the like heavily animated uh, credit sequences where they'll have a big, like a different style, like a, like a hand painted style outro or something. Yeah, like a, they're still having a lot of fun in those credit sequences, but not in the same way where they're just like packing in more gags. Find, like Finding Nemo is the credits like rolling through, um, kind of like what would look like a like a. a tropical reef like screensaver with some of the characters like swimming through where it's like you know there's breaks in the credit lines and you've got right yeah characters going through those and stuff like that which is interesting honestly very engaging and still fun to watch um sam any like kind of final thoughts on sort of anything not really man bugs life blast to be here yeah (laughs) a long time first time great guest you added a lot of yeah uh knowledge and information that max and i don't have which is great <laughs> yeah i mean i'm gonna yeah. recency bias be damn this is probably one of my favorite episodes if not our best episode yet if so. you guys want to watch cartoons again yeah let me know i mean We're... no i mean we will have you <laughs> no on shit for... no <laughs> <laughs> no i was just gonna say we will have you on as soon as possible yeah. i'm trying to again. think there's another big cartoon twofer there's yeah. I mean, there's got to be Shark Tale, Finding Nemo. That's exactly the one I was okay. thinking of. Yep, you you hit the nail on the head. <laughs> yes, if if you would like to, you were for sure back for that one. Heck yeah. There's an there is at least one other one I was thinking of as well. Uh, on there that I'll, uh, Mega Mind, Despicable Me, maybe Emperor's New Groove and the Road to El Dorado. Oh, oh, that'll be yeah. fun. I think we're just That'd gonna. I think we'll probably just have you on for all of the animated ones. <laughs> Heck yeah. Is you're just, you'll just be our animation guy. Um. Yeah, Danny, you got anything else? We kind of went through our final thoughts over on this side of the room. Bugs Nothing? Life is fine enough still, despite some, some issues. Still pretty good movie. Ants, Treasure uh, Planet and Sinbad, so Legend of the Seven Seas. Another animated one. I'm just looking at the list. Sorry Everyone in Treasure Planet looks weird. That's my review of that movie. They look weird. <laughs> Treasure Planet is a the movie shortest that episode yet. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Treasure Planet is a movie that I know has its own like uh, cult following, and I've never seen it. I've also oh. never seen The Road to El Dorado. Oh damn! Yeah, it's um, that's one of the most classic yeah. sipping coffee memes. Road to El Dorado. Yeah, 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 yeah. And yeah, just, yeah, the Bard and the Rogue gambling yeah. in the back or in the alley. Another yeah. another yeah. movie which is a. a thick ass lady in it that a bunch of people want to fuck <laughs> so hey man happy feet and surfs up that's on there oh, that's oh yeah. yeah over the hedge open season oh damn yeah. Yeah. we're gonna keep you busy buddy right. yeah yeah it sounds good might become the new beetle juice of the pot <laughs> <laughs> yeah you're gonna be our third beetle geese yeah. there we go um yeah i think that's it sam 
thank you so much. Yeah, thanks for having me. Thanks yeah, for coming, bud. This yeah. is great. Um, thanks thank for you. bringing beers too. Yeah, thank no you for bringing. Thank you for bringing these bugs light. <laughs> Get that joke in one more time. <laughs> uh, and you know yeah. what? We'll thank you off the top of the outro for yeah. our uh, little artwork you did. It's great. Thanks. I love it. Every time I yeah. upload an episode, I look at it yeah. and I go, nice. <laughs> Um, do you want to plug your art stuff? Yeah. Where, where, plug, where can people find your plug, uh, stepdad, your projects? Yeah. So me and Max do a comic. Uh, it's called nerds day. You can find it at nerdsday.com. And I do a comic with my stepdaughter, uh, called stepdad, uh, life of a stepdad. Life you can find it at stepdadcomic.com. Yeah. And, and it's uh, on, um, ones. all of that stuff is honest. I've stopped shouting out nerds yeah. day just cause I forget about it. Yeah. Um, uh, but it's all, all of that's on comiXology. Yeah. The first two kind of chapters of that first two chapter or your you've got two stepdad books out now yeah we got two yeah, two uh, uh ebooks of yeah life of a stepdad so up you, on comicsology it's like a dollar to buy them too, yeah pretty right? much yeah, yeah. yeah. Super cheap. I, I, bu- I bought one i didn't realize there was a second one i bought one because <laughs> it was a dollar to help my friends so yeah <laughs> everyone else should do that too. throw the man's a book or a buck i mean um Anyway, you throw got like, him a book too. You got like 50, you got, this motherfucker need to read. <laughs> you got like fifty strips in each one or so. Yeah, uh, yeah, more or less. Yeah, they, we collect a year. Fifty, yeah. fifty strips, Max. Yeah. This isn't the Showgirls and Striptease episode. <laughs> um, but thank you all so much for listening to this episode. If you'd like to follow the podcast on social media, you can do so at Doubled Feature on Twitter, Doubled Feature on Instagram. You can also send us an email, Doubled Feature Podcast at gmail.com. Thank you to Ryan at Ryan Laser for our theme music. And we'll thank him one more time. Yeah. One more again. Thank you, Sam <laughs> at Hero Institute um, for our little logo picture there. Um, go follow all of his stuff and buy the books. And um, you can follow Dan and I both on social media. Dan is at Danny Jankum on Letterboxd and Twitter. I am at Mac underscore dead on both of those as well. Uh, Read Nerds Day and Stepdad comic. Um, and uh, please rate and subscribe to the podcast you can do so on spotify now a little five star right on the little homepage there you can do so on uh what is it, apple podcast apple is that the podcast. name of it yeah those are the big ones pod spotify, apple podcast pod is a little nobody uh, uses pod chase third, <laughs> don't, third don't party thing them. uh you can rate on there um please do so um leave us a review rate us five stars thanks 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 i'll take the people out by quoting sylvester stallone as weaver you the end. Yeah.